You tune in to Catch the Tea Podcast with your favorite girl, True Lady. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, even Clamor, or just log on to SpillingTheTea.com. Here we go for the next episode. Alright, you tune in to Catch the Tea Podcast with your favorite girl, a true lady, and I am sitting down with Alexandria's own icon. Welcome. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm fine. I have been looking high and low for people to get me in contact with you. And I'm just like, Kim, do it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> We've got like zero degrees of separation in Alexandria. Right. So I'm not that hard to find. <laughs> and it's like, it's so crazy because it's like, you're always, you always come to my actual job, the radio station. And I don't know where my mind be. I think I just really be on that computer when I'm in you're there. In the zone, you're trying to get that paper. Yes. <laughs> As you should. And I was sitting there like, the the last time I was like, she will not leave here without me talking to her, setting this up. Aww. <laughs> I'm so honored. Little old yeah. me. Really? Little old you? Ooh, really? I, I'm I'm somebody who ain't nobody. No, you somebody, baby. I need that bank account to reflect the somebody I that I am. You. <laughs> I feel you. I would rather be an unknown with a nice <laughs> bank account. And, and, and in between blessings, right? Yeah, don't say broke. yeah, no, yeah, no. Don't say, don't say broke. But yeah, I feel you. In between blessings, I mean, I got you, man. You've been everywhere. Like when I was looking at your uh, your press kit, you know, of course I know you was on the BET. You performed at the Essence Fest stage, Huffington Post, Teen Vogue. Like you've you've been everywhere. How mm. does that feel for you as a person? It's uh, it's really surreal. Like I said, mm-hmm. I'm just a small town girl right here from the Sonia Quarters, born and bred in Alexandria. Right. You know, most of my family is here, and a lot of my family have never really ventured outside of mm-hmm. you know Louisiana, Texas, and then I have some family out in California. But for the most part, my immediate family, yeah. you know, everybody kind kind of gets into this groove of you from Alexandria. You live here; it's a comfortable place to live. It you is know? no lie. Um, for me, I just wanted a little something more, and mm-hmm. um, being featured on all those things like. At the same time, I, I I still wake up in the morning and I'm like, I, I got to chase it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all those things are good to list on the resume and mm-hmm. whatnot, but there's still so much more to acquire and so much more to conquer. So of I course. always look at it that way. Like, that's nice, but what's the next thing? Right, you know? of course. Yeah, I can never get complacent. So I think... Um your poem about yourself about your name mm-hmm. that is what broke the ceiling for you correct yeah, yeah. Um, let the people know about their poem um, so to all the little black girls with big names it's funny because I'm wearing the t-shirt right. today <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> I didn't even realize I put the t-shirt on um, yeah that poem I wrote it like years ago I think I wrote that poem like in 2007 mm-hmm. and it didn't resurface till around 2011 or 12 Right. Um, somebody picked it up on the internet it had like a few little views but somebody found it and it started circulating all over Facebook and all right. over social media and then next thing I know it was just like you know yeah. um, and, and it's funny I think it came around at the right time because at that time there were a lot of things going on with like uh, Raven Simone it came back up later mm-hmm. on again you know when Raven Simone was talking about the name name discrimination um, it was just right. always something that was near and dear to me because I know as a person who's educated you know and uh, also has what most people deem a ghetto name mm-hmm. um, I've experienced a little bit of discrimination you know where I know people right. just assume things just based off your name exactly um, not knowing that you know you know, there's really nothing 
to there's a lot to a name and at the same time there's nothing to a name like we don't choose our names right we're giving you know, our names we're giving our names <laughs> and for me I, I just always say I love having a, a unique name because I can come up with the, what I want the meaning of it to be mm-hmm. you know in most African cultures they believe that your name has a meaning and when you call someone by that name you're actually manifesting that thing yes. all the time yes, yes. Um, and so I, I'm just glad my mama didn't name me like Hennessy or something like right. that you know like <laughs> I think Chicago, I could deal with dang, I think that's Cardi B's sister name Hennessy. Yeah, and I think that's why I just said it because I was just watching at a friend's house. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, a name is very important, but at the same time, you can't judge someone just like you can't judge them on their skin of color. Course. You don't pick your skin color. You don't pick your your race, your sexual orientation, things exactly. like that. So yeah, it, it just it kind of blew up and became its own little movement. So now it's you know hashtag little girls big names is the, mm-hmm. is the new thing. Yeah, I think um I, when I've ever heard you perform um that poem. I think I was at the museum downtown uh, when we were doing, because, you know, I dabbled in poetry a little Mm -hmm. bit. And uh, you performed that, and I I was just, like, there, like, yes, I love this. (laughs) Like, you really pulled me in with that. Um, And it just just spoke to us as a culture, as women, like, especially black women, we're always given those names with those extra accents and stuff of that nature. So it's just, like, this is so relatable. Like, so many people go through this or they hide behind their name and probably change their name because they don't want to say their full name because they may be embarrassed yeah. but own it yeah. and that's I feel that's what you've done you've owned your name right you know and it's bigger than even just the name like I've had women come you know send me emails or inbox messages mm-hmm. like yo my name I used to use L. Williams now like your poem made me want to use my full name mm-hmm. or whatever and um, when I say to all the little black girls with big names I don't even just mean like our names it's right. also all the titles we carry like exactly. we as black women like we carry so many big names so many right. titles we're mothers we're daughters we're professionals we entrepreneurs mm-hmm. we we're students we're all kinds of things so that just doesn't even you know if your name is kim or right. whatever you're still a little girl with a big name yeah, exactly you carry a lot of titles so it's a movement for just like anybody can get it right you know? uh, like when like you were saying like you know in african culture like our name means something and it manifests in you like all my life growing up i was told that kimberly means leader and like i feel like that is that is actually true yes. in my life like I'm, I'm gonna always if i see where it's weak i'm gonna take charge yeah. and i'm going to try to be the leader or not fully like uh, demanding in control but I'll try to make some control and make some peace or some, yeah, in you situations you definitely are a leader like yeah. I see that I see that that personality trait in you you yeah. hop in you know even with you doing this show you know like you hop in where there's a need uh, right. you know there's a need for people to talk about relevant topics that we don't really have exactly. a lot of here and you hop in and did it so yeah kudos to you for that yeah I, I'm just like all my life I've just been told it you're a leader you're a mm-hmm. leader that's what your name is leader I'm, then I'm the first born so I'm like okay yeah, yeah. you know it's just kind of you know what's funny I found you know those little I say a line in a poem where I used to look for my name like uh, you know in the mall they used to have the little kiosk where you can go and get your name yes. and they have the meaning of the name and so one time I, I looked up I told the guy to look up Shikandra and he mm-hmm. came back and it said a gift I was like that's BS because <laughs> my name ain't even in that thing it, I think it just generated a name yeah. but from that point forward I started saying that Shikandra meant a gift mm-hmm. and it's crazy because it's manifested like I, I yes. have a gift and I feel like you know what I do has become you know my gift of or whatever to the world so right. um, that is so true whatever you believe it to be it, it manifests it, it when you speak it out of your mouth that's why poetry and spoken word is so important to me talking right. is so important because what we say we manifest so we have to be very cognizant of what we say what we speak over ourselves mm-hmm. speak over our kids speak over our communities our 
own you know our own selves so exactly. uh, i'm always just very cognizant of what comes out of my mouth and what i speak over mm-hmm. people yeah so what made you actually get into poetry and writing poetry Mm. So I am an only child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to figure out how to be very creative by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were the kind of parents where they were very strict. You know, I, I'm very happy that they were those type of parents. Right. But uh, there were a lot of times when I felt like I couldn't really express myself to my parents. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of writing uh, as a child. I read a lot. I, I wrote a lot. And there were times when I would write these songs and the songs kind of turned to poems. And mm-hmm. then I would get in the mirror and I would say them out loud. But I didn't know what it was at the time. Right. Because I didn't see anybody else doing it. Right. And it wasn't until I went to undergrad uh, at Xavier in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend of mine invited me out to an open mic at a place called True Brew Cafe. It's no longer there. It's another it's, uh, another restaurant now. But at the mm-hmm. time, every Friday night, that right. was where you had to be. When I say like a crowd of like a couple hundred people, people waiting to get on the mic. And when I walked into that place, I was like, man, right. this is like what I'm supposed to be doing I just felt it it just felt like church it felt like I was home you got chills Um, yeah I got chills and every Friday night I remember going every Friday night I I had pneumonia one time and I went up in there with my Snuggie on with my little Theraflu in my bottle and I went sat in the audience like I couldn't miss it it felt like missing church on a Sunday so like coming from here because you know a lot of people from Alexandria like you said small town people get comfortable and they don't even try to venture out to see anything different Mm -hmm. so how was that um, an eye opener for you once you left Alexandria and then to New Orleans at that age what 17 yeah. you were saying yeah. so how much of an eye opener was that for you um, major I think for me though I, I won't say it was that much of an eye opener I mm-hmm. always knew like I said even living here that I just wanted more or something different right. I I wasn't cool with just the complacency of like going to strawberries on a week or wherever the club yeah. just to be that were of open course. I feel you I, feel um, you. <laughs> I just wanted to do something more I know watching TV you would see like these little jazz clubs or poetry mm-hmm. nights or whatever and I'm like there, there has to be something mm-hmm. for the person that's not always on a turn up. The turn up is cool. Like, yeah, it's cool. I, I believe in balance. You know, I got a little. I, I um. I have a book that's going to be coming out and the title of it is uh, Gold Teeth and Crowns. Okay. And it's basically like how we go from from ratchet to royal. Like, yeah. I'm that girl. Like, I can I can hang in the hood and I yeah. can also go sit at a board meeting. You exactly. know what I mean? So, um, I just know for, for me that seeing that in that atmosphere just made me want to bring it back home mm-hmm. and so that's when I started doing Rhythm and Rhymes when I came you know back, you back after being away from Alexandra for years mm-hmm. um, and it's been a little bit I won't say a struggle like we we start having a great crowd mm-hmm. uh, but it is kind of hard to get people that are accustomed to just one particular thing it to come is. out and then when they come out they have so much fun, fun. And like I didn't even realize this was that cool I thought if I heard mm-hmm. poetry it's gonna be just snapping and whatever like nah exactly. it is really real you know and, and see like I used to attend all the poetry stuff and then I started getting engulfed in my own stuff trying mm-hmm. to make my own build my dreams yeah. but when I was going I loved it and um, I think I think I had to be in uh, either junior high or high school when I just started writing poetry just because I saw I think I was watching like the poetry thing it was a Def Jam had no, a poetry yeah HBO had yeah. poetry and mm-hmm. I was like man what the hell is this and I was like I love this right. but my words 
weren't coming out the way they were you know performing yeah. I think I was just trying to force it at that yeah. time and not figuring out what yeah. your own voice was you know comparing yeah. it to other people so when I got older I think um had to be like in my early 20s I think I was about 21 22 something like that and I don't know why this is what my lane was but this was my lane when I had I wrote a lot of poetry about sex and mm-hmm. all kind of things like that the, but poet. yes <laughs> that was my lane right yeah. <laughs> and everybody has their own lane you know I, I had somebody ask me the other day like what's your message generally yeah. mine is usually you know I lean more towards like empowerment especially right. women's empowerment right. uh, you know I have the makeup poem the name poem mm-hmm. like just and then you, I have some friends who are very good at doing erotica. For me, when I try to do erotic poetry, mm-hmm. it's not that I don't like like it. Right, I'm just horrible at writing about and it. I, it's just, that's so it's crazy because like you know I'm all about like empowering women and doing things together, but when I sit down and try to focus on myself to write on it it's just it yeah. don't come out you gotta do what comes right. naturally to you and that's why we all you know there's a lane for everybody because mm-hmm. everybody tried to drive in the same lane yeah. you know there would be a, a, a crash or whatever right. so we all have to figure out there's a, a enough room out here for everybody to exactly. have their own lane so you got your erotic poets your empowerment your, your black power to the mm-hmm. people your, you know I, but I love those poems I yeah. love those, those black power poems you just you're sitting there like I love what you're saying. Yeah. What you you're saying what some things I feel or may even think. So right. I love those that type of poetry. Right. So um at one point in time weren't you on HBO? No, I was on a uh, TV One. Okay, TV One had a yeah. uh, has a show called Versus and Flow. Um, yeah, okay. Omari Hardwick. Uh, some people know him from Power. Mm-hmm. What's his name in Power? I can't remember his name. I, I just it's know like Omari or something I like that. I just know that. Omari Hardwick. <laughs> Omari Hardwick. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's fine in person too. He's an awesome person. Um, he he wouldn't even let us like touch stage until we prayed. Like he was just a, really an awesome person. So it's so cool to come in contact with him. Um, uh, I think um, what's the name of the group? The Tony. Rich Project was on there when I was on. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was there? Oh man, Mary Mary was taping the day before us. Like it was just really cool to go to Hollywood, yes. you know, from here. And at the time, I was working, so I left work, flew out to Hollywood, yeah. taped the show, had hair and makeup, and a driver and oh, a limo wow. picked me up from the airport, and then I came back home and went to work the next day. How does it look like? You know, I just did all this glitz and glam, and I got to come back here. It made me go to work and say I gotta <laughs> work extra hard on my craft because right. I know that's the life I want to live. I don't want to come clocking in for these people exactly so that's what pushed me and then eventually i was able to tell my job like i gotta go yeah and my director was like i'm not surprised we knew you were leaving here (laughs) your light's too bright in here anyway like it was time for you to go wow and it was a struggle like i haven't been employed by anybody in particular for the past like Going on three years, really? March like three years that wow. I've been and you, doing this artistry. And you're here maintaining, still living life like nothing else. Now that's a good thing. Yeah, you I know, that's a <laughs> that's my goal. Like to actually leave my job and actually just do this. Yeah. Be my podcast, my blog, all that. That that is where I'm where I'm heading to. Yeah, it ain't easy though. Yeah. I will say that mm-hmm. if you're not ready to struggle for the dream, mm-hmm. like you ain't ready for it yet. Exactly. I've over the years, if I told you all the stuff, I was just talking to one of my friends the other day. Like, mm-hmm. man, I know what it's like to be without a car, to be homeless, to be all these. Mm-hmm. Well, that was when I first 
this is also a testament to listening to when God tells you to do something and when you try to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. I quit my job on my own some years ago and was like, I'm going to try this artistry thing full time. I right. wasn't ready yet. Okay. And during that time, that's when I experienced like so much loss or whatever. So I went yeah. back to work again. Like, I'm just going to wait till it's time. Right. I knew I was supposed to do it. It just wasn't the time yet. And right. then when I got, I remember the day I sat in my car in the parking lot at my job and I heard the voice like, this is your last day. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm making good money right now. And I done <laughs> saved me up a little cushion. What you mean? This is my last exactly. day. And before I knew it, I found myself going to tell my, I emailed my boss, like, I need to talk to you. And I went in to talk to him when he had time. And I was like, yeah, so I think this is my last day. And while I was saying it, I was like, girl, you crazy. Right. In my head, like, you are crazy. But it was that time. It was, it was, it was time. that time. And since then, like, it's been so many opportunities, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when you know it's it's a calling and exactly. when it's ordained. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, this past Essence Fest, you were on stage, and I was actually in the audience, and I was like, wait a minute, that's Icon <laughs> from home. You know, I had to record it and put it on my that's Facebook page. crazy that you were there. My <laughs> yeah. aunt and my cousins went that same night, too, so they were in the audience. They were taping like, hey, yes. boo, it's us. We here. We see you. Yes. You know, I, I immediately, you know, got chills because I get proud for anybody who was doing anything from here because it's hard. Like you said, it's hard. It's like we're roses growing out of a concrete city and we are really striving to make yes. it happen. Yes. You know? I, oh, man, you reminded me of so much. I had a line in a poem I used. Where I was like, I feel like a rose with a jackhammer for a stem. Like mm-hmm. I'm fighting to break through the concrete just like so I can kiss the sun. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yeah. And you think about the poem by Tupac where, you know, he talked about the rose growing from concrete. Mm-hmm. Man, I believe so firmly in like, I know Alexandra has so much talent it here does. and so much. So it's much. Just like, I don't know if is we don't believe in ourselves enough. And the ones who do push, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes we push and we become the big fish in this little pond. But mm-hmm. like it's pushing beyond just becoming a big fish in exactly. Alexandria's pond. I think it's just hard for people like, like you said, people here, they only kind of know one thing. Yeah. So even though they see your blog, and they're like oh wow that's cool what they're doing it's like hard for them to support it because yeah. it's still foreign to them yeah you know yeah. so i think like i just had this conversation the other day like i do my live show and then i have a live show downtown not a lot of people come out but i'm cool with that because the the 50 to 70 people that did take their time on a not tuesday know night you know <laughs> they take their time on a tuesday night to come right. out and sit down with me for a good hour and a half and my guests and i'm just talking shit like i i like that that's yeah. fulfilling to me yeah. but if someone else was to do like well somebody else do would you get mad no i wouldn't get mad because now i do it they do it then they do it it's now normalcy to the city yes. and so now they're gonna be like oh well kim's on her live show or nisha's on her live show and yeah. uh, uh quandra and icon they're doing their live show yeah. we need to go to this because it's normal now right and so i would i wish other people would just do it i feel like that with the open <laughs> mics like yeah. I wish somebody else had an open mic because I, I rhythm and rhymes is cool right but I'm so in the mix of running the show that I don't exactly. get to enjoy, enjoy it the way it. I want to mm-hmm. man if somebody else had an open mic here I drive all the way to Lafayette sometimes yeah just to go to an open mic just to go not even perform but just, just to, to be fed yeah, you know what I mean it. Mm-hmm. so it, I one thing when I first moved back here that I dreamt of was having like a different open mic like a couple times a week mm-hmm. a weekly show there was one that um Javon and Dathan Dathan who is a uh, part of my house being um yeah yeah, um, the GQP. GQP yeah. band, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, um, they had an open mic they were doing at uh, VFW. Yeah, the, 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 the Monday first night. night we went, it was popping. Mm-hmm. The next week I went back, like, 
where the fuck everybody at? Right. And then the week after that, where everybody at? So I was the only person that was getting up on the mic and I went for like a good two months straight. Yeah. Being one of the few people there until yeah. they finally shut it down. I'm just like, man, if I could be here every week, like. And they didn't ever see what they, what they didn't do. They didn't advertise They didn't that. advertise it, no. Like, and that's another thing. It takes marketing. Mm-hmm. Whether you do it on Facebook, whether you do it on radio, television, this, whatever, yeah. you have to market it and you have to have pe- that people know about it. Yeah. Like I'm a, firm, I'm a firm believer that people need to hear it, see it, and touch it. Yeah. So when they see it, Facebook, when they hear it, radio, touch it, those are those flyers in the street. Mm-hmm. Like those are the key elements mm-hmm. to making something happen. Yeah. And I think it's gonna, it'll take you about a month to promote. Seriously. Yeah. It's crazy because after almost three years I still got people that say they haven't heard of Rhythm and Rhymes I'm like I know I'm on every radio station exactly. every other you know like, that's so crazy sometimes you just don't know what else there is to do right. but it, it takes a minute like you said to build up a following and right. build up whatever here and sometimes unfortunately the city is like one of those where you gotta sometimes go away and make a name and come back and I don't and like people that people admire or appreciate you it's, I it's sad I think that's validation <laughs> that people are like right. okay you valid if you, you went away and you made it yeah, and I, I, they I don't have to be that. We should love and support I was right here I'm before a, they have to go to the exactly. world. You know, I had a bunch of people clowning on me like, you're not from New Orleans. You be rapping New Orleans too hard. You right from here. But that was your I'm like, but New Orleans was where yeah. I got. That's, that's my second home. Like, that's all I've known exactly. for half my life. I lived in New Orleans, you know. Yeah. Um, and New Orleans, when I go, even now to this day, I haven't lived in New Orleans in a few years. But when I go back there now, mm-hmm. like, I get shown so much love. And right. then, like, you come home and it's like, I got to fight to get love where, yeah. I, where I was born and bred. So it's yeah, so it's it, it's a sad truth, but um, you know, I, I just think it's the way people are wired here. Mm-hmm. We wired a little differently it's in different. Alexandria. Alexandria people are different from anywhere. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, like like you said, you can go to New Orleans. Hell, even Lafayette, that is shown love. And they embrace what you're doing. You know, yeah. artists hit me up all the time. Like, man, I need to come on your show. But the artists here, they just slow moving, and I've been doing yeah. this forever. Yeah. So I'm just like, what? What are y'all doing? But it's whatever. I still show love because. I'm a firm believer like I want to be your your support system because I know how that is to not have a support system because when I was a doing the struggle and stuff like that it was just really me out here <laughs> you know like nobody was it was like oh it's cool like oh this was up yeah and that wasn't really fully on full on yeah. supporting what yeah. I was doing but um even now with everything I got on it's a little bit more support but not really it's shaky Alexandria is just this monster that you have to tame it's a monster but if you can tame this you can you can yeah. make it I always say if you could make it Alexandria or, or not making it Alexandria because I right. think it's not that big to come but if you can get people to support you in Alexandria you can get people right. to support you almost anywhere because we right. are we just not easily impressed sometimes I know, Alexandria. Right? and I don't know what that is I always tell people wherever I go like I know some of the most talented people from here mm. some of the most talented musicians I know mm-hmm. are from here and from New Orleans like that's where all so people are just not easily impressed you know exactly um and and that's a good thing because it makes you push even harder like i think that's one of the reasons why i'm you know excellent at what i do in my craft because Mm -hmm. being from here like you had to always be the best Mm -hmm. to even be acknowledged or whatever so it's it's a good it's a a catch-22 with that you know so um when i was looking at your apk you were like the poet the teacher and the artist who is the teacher icon a teacher icon is, uh, <laughs> she's the one who uh, does free workshops here in the community and mm-hmm. also wants people to come and participate in those um, I do a lot of work with uh, Sankofa Cultural Collective here who mm-hmm. does a lot of free cultural workshops um, 
uh, I do a lot of work with the Alexandria Museum of Art. I'm partnered with them to do rhythm and rhymes and also to work with their uh, teen group called The Muse. Okay. Um, I also, uh, from time to time, I used to go more regularly, um, go to Pollock to the prison okay. and work with the inmates, teaching poetry with the oh, inmates wow. over there. So, wow. um, yeah, the teacher, she's just like, uh, I used to work for Teach for America. I wasn't a teacher. I worked on staff. Mm-hmm. But um, at one point, I did want to go into education, but they don't pay enough. Right. <laughs> it's, it's too much to deal with, you know. Um, I did teach at one time in New Orleans. I used to teach at New Orleans Science and Math. I would go mm-hmm. and teach creative writing and poetry with the kids. There. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got, and my mom works in education. I come from a background where most of my family, the, the women yeah. are either nurses, social workers, or teachers, teachers. you know. So it's in my blood. Um, and being a poet, especially like you're just a teacher by nature because mm. you're up, it's based, I won't say it's a lecture when you're up there, but you're, you're teaching people something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like you said, feeding them. Yeah, you're feeding people. Mm-hmm. So it's just in my blood to always like want more education for myself so I mm-hmm. always self-educate I read a lot of books I watch a lot of documentaries I'm constantly trying to get information and I always feel the need to like right. pass that information on because yeah. what good is it if you're not passing Sharing, it on so, exactly. yeah. so like um, you know not only are you doing your writing your poetry and doing your thing but now you're teaching it to these people how does it feel like to like trying to teach somebody and you just see they're they they're interested but they're not grasping on like how does that feel for you um it's it's hard i think a lot of the young people especially that i have i've taught workshops for adults and young people and mm-hmm. for, i mean fortunately i haven't had many people that just like don't get it or they're not interested mm-hmm. i've had kids that come and like their parents might force them to come to the workshop but mm-hmm. by the time i get into it uh, right i usually open the workshop uh with a poem so by i got their attention in they're like yeah. whoa what is this or mm-hmm. who is she um i incorporate videos showing them videos of other people performing we do a lot of interactive mm-hmm. um work beyond just like the poem writing is at the yeah. that's at the tail end of it you right. know my goal at the beginning is to get you to open up to find your own voice to figure out what your story is right. um, and then we can get it down on paper so okay. we do a lot of exercises initially just to get the kids to open up because uh, unfortunately here in Alexandria um, mm-hmm. I will say a lot of our kids are very um, sometimes they could be a little closed off I don't know if that's yeah. because we don't have a lot of creative programs in our schools I think so um, and, and I find those few that, that do open up or whatever but I found generally in other areas I go to, like the kids are they on it mm-hmm. here. They they're very smart, very sharp. Got a story to tell. When they write, they write the like the craziest stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just getting them to open up. Right. And I think it's because we haven't provided our kids that platform we in this community. It. We mm-hmm. have not. They have theater. You know, when I go to New Orleans, they have the the um, music programs. They have theater. And New Orleans is one of those cities that's struggling. You know, in mm-hmm. education. So if they're struggling and we don't have half the stuff, you know, all we're concerned about is this core curriculum and this testing and whatever. And people don't understand that the arts is how you get people to think rationally and Mm -hmm. to think, you know, where you can read and comprehend and things like that. You can't create that open mind and create the open mind. So we that's why we're struggling in our schools. We don't have arts programs for the Mm -hmm. kids. We don't have a lot of platforms for the kids to um, like after school programs. A lot of them get out of school and they go get on their phone or get 
on their video games or do their homework, Straight watch TV, Facebook. and and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to do better at providing those platforms for these kids to have a voice because if they don't have a voice, mm-hmm. it comes out in other ways. As we see our communities continuously, you know, deteriorating, right? Because these kids are acting out because they don't have, you know. And I know what that feels like not to have a voice because yeah. when I was younger, growing up here, there were so many things I wish we had here mm. that my friends. When I got to college, you know, I met friends who were like, "Oh, I was in this theater company, or I did this or that yeah. when I was younger," and I'm like. We had that in Alexandria where I grew up. Like, I played softball. (laughs) You know, we're big on sports or whatever, but we don't think about the kids that are creative. Right, that other other. other aspect. And see, I went to Bolton, right? Mm. And Bolton, they they did have some diverse and a few creative things, but you had to have a particular GPA. And it was like, it was a hoo-hoo. You had to know Mm -hmm. somebody in order for them to be like, okay, yes, we'll let you in. So... You know, mind you, I'm, I'm all into video. I'm all into audio. Like, I'm all into that. And I always wanted to be a part of the morning announcement crew. And I got turned down several times, you know, just because they didn't know me. Look at you now. Exactly. I did none of the morning announcement crew got radio <laughs> <Exactly>. shows. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, you you cannot hinder a child, a child who knows that this is what's inside of them and they, what they want to do. And you're just shutting them out and telling them to know. You don't know who you could create, mold, and preach. what path mm-hmm. they could have been on if you you would have just said yes to yep. be a part of this yep. you know what I'm saying yep. so like I think when when I, I talk about success I think success for me is me able to use my platform to help cultivate others behind me mm-hmm. so my ultimate goal is to once I build my brand and I'm this you know big maven all over blah 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 I want to come back home and I want to teach children to do the same things that I do and I even want to be a light to children and be like you know what if we put your mind to it, you can just kind of do whatever you want to do speak that into existence <laughs> I'm here with, I'm yeah. with you on that yeah and that's that's the thing that a lot of people are lacking they think about me like when I blow up mm-hmm. I'm gonna leave this place and whatever and right. they never think about the coming back and passing it on no, man, because we, big your lifespan is only so long it's like what do you leave when you leave here you know you made a lot of money you got to see a lot of things or whatever but what did you leave like Mm -hmm. your legacy your legacy ain't just the you know the money you leave behind or your inheritance you leave behind for your your kids it's your name it's what you left the the knowledge you left behind Mm -hmm. because it's okay to leave money behind but how many uh kids we know they got money Inheritance and they they dumb as bricks and they don't exactly. know what to do with Donald Trump, our president. Um, <laughs> agree? Or I won't say our president, their president. Yeah, right? He's I just, didn't vote him. Right? He's just somebody who's <laughs> occupying the White House right now. Right. Too, that's a whole other situation. <laughs> but you know, you get those people that still like can't speak. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, articulate well or whatever. You didn't pass on knowledge, but you passed on money. You and, know what yeah. I mean? And I definitely don't want to be one of those. Like I've always said, I want to have scholarships in my name, a right. foundation. Like there's so many things I see me stopping the generational curse of like poverty or the generational curse of complacency like right. my fam- my own family you mm-hmm. know getting a good job and having benefits and that's all you see is success like yeah man I, there's gotta be more there's gotta be more me and my sisters we all have this because we're all on our own path mm-hmm. of what we want to do like right. my my middle sister she wants to do hair on her own shop my baby sister she's going to school for videography like that's and photos like that's what she wants to do and so you tell people hear that and they're like oh well why you don't work for the state why you want to get that good federal job and it got benefits Girl, you, know? you know how many times my dad asked me was I gonna go back to school and be a doctor because that's what I initially went to school to do right but I was just like I, I wouldn't do that well because that's not what I was called to exactly. do exactly um <laughs> 
and to to downplay the importance of creative people like mm-hmm. if you didn't have creatives then you might as well turn off your TV you might as well not live in the house you mm-hmm. live in because somebody had to design it an architect or exactly. something somebody had to um, design the TV you watch the shows that you watch the movies you like the clothes you mm-hmm. wear all of this all of this is done by creative, creative. the jewelry you wear all Everything. of that is done by the car mm-hmm. that you drive somebody had to be creative and design that right. so not everybody's supposed to work for the state and have a 9 to 5 and work for years and retire with 401k and yeah. still be struggling a little bit you know yeah that's but, not for everybody that's that's not and, and, not and, and at the end of it you know <laughs> when you leave that job or whatever um they don't remember you after that you worked there for 40 years and gave your life and you gone you know and thank god for the people that do work those jobs but mm-hmm. that's just not what i saw for myself exactly i want when i leave here for people to remember everything I left behind like mm-hmm. I still want my name to be up somewhere I still right. want you know so that was just always my dream you know that worked for my parents you know to have their particular careers mm-hmm. but for me I just know that I want bigger I mm-hmm. want to put my family's name on the map mm-hmm. I want my children's children's children to exactly. to be like oh man so your mama was icon mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. oh she that school over there is named after her. her or that and street or that whatever right. like that's that's the dreams I always right. had that's like, that leaving and making that impact so people like man you know she accomplished this this and this and right. da, 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 da. yeah so I mean I think you're just as good as your name is again back so what we said earlier. <laughs> good, good as your name is. And then too, like I think there's a lot of people that work those jobs that have dreams in them that they die with. I, I have cut out, I know a lot of people with some of my friends, they've been clowning on me, like, man, you didn't see what was posted on Facebook. Like, I'm not even on Facebook really right now. I right. post stuff to advertise my shows or whatever, and then I come up off of there. I don't scroll through the news feed, yeah. I don't check my notifications. I replaced uh, my social media time as well as my radio and TV time mm-hmm. with motivational speeches. And one mm-hmm. person who I love is Les Brown. He was here in town uh, yeah. like last year, mm-hmm. but he has this one story where he was talking about what if on your deathbed you are on your deathbed and standing over you are the ghosts of all the dreams, the ideas, the books, the Ooh. the inventions, the businesses, the everything that you were given that you were like, nah, not me, or I'm too right. scared, or what if this, right. and they were standing over you like snarling, like, now nah, we gotta die with you, right, forever. Man, that's that's sad, that's scary. I'm not trying to die with nothing no. over me like when I go I want people to be like she did that shit exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? and you know you see people like that they just and they look like zombies when yeah. they just go I'm I'm going here and I'm doing my little eight hours and I'm going back home that's not living that's that's surviving exactly. I want to live uh, right he, somebody also told me before like you either get busy living or you get busy dying mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to get busy dying exactly nah. like, I, like I've always been like I want to control my own destiny to be honest with you I've always had a problem with authority <laughs> like people <laughs> trying to tell oh, me what to do. Why I couldn't do the military. They were after me. You know, you take the little ass vibe in oh, high school. Yeah. I had like a perfect score, and the recruiters yeah. were at my house, like trying to get me. Every- and I'm just like, nah, y'all would not be Mm-mm. in the hole or wherever they put the people that don't listen all yes. the time. <laughs> it's not for me because I'm like, like I have a problem with authority, and I have a problem with people want to control my life. I want to be in control of my own destiny. I want to make my own decisions right. for me, and I've I've always been that way and my mama tells me this like yeah when you're growing up you was just a free spirit yeah and she said like 
you know, I used to want to cap cap that in, but as time, I'm just like, no, I just got to let it be. My parents just said, I'm, I hate <laughs> to get my age away, but I'm 36 right now. My parents really? are just girl, getting to the point. Girl, you don't even look it. Thank you, girl. It's like I'm a My parents are just getting to the point where they like, we going to let her do what she want to do because she going to do it. Yeah. I push so far against the grain. I purposely, now that I think about it, I think mm-hmm. I did it subconsciously, Um, got like piercings and tattoos and stuff just so I wouldn't have to go to a regular job. Right. Like I did that on purpose. Like, ain't nobody going to hire me yeah. with this hole with these three holes in my face or whatever you know what I mean because I knew that that's I, I don't want to ever fall back on that comfort of not pursuing that mm-hmm. those dreams you know yeah. and I, like you said I've always been that free spirit man like people think too hard about should I dye my hair this color yeah. should I do this or that man do just it. do it do it just <laughs> do you get it. one of these and we don't know what happened after this right so you might as well just do it live it <laughs> Right, I think it was like one um my decision when I actually a uh, very first went natural. This is before it was so hot and it was so Girl, glam to be natural. Two thousand one, I've been <laughs> yes. natural for almost sixteen years. Yes. And so <laughs> I'm sitting here like I'm. I think I'm gonna go natural. I don't. Yeah. I think I don't want to do perms anymore. And I was like, how do I go about it? And this is but YouTube was high, but not really. And mm-hmm. a few people on there talking about natural stuff away from here. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to braid my hair up. And I wore, I wore wigs for about a year. Uh-huh. Then I was like, you know, I'm tired of wearing the wigs. I want to have my natural hair out. Yeah. And it was there. I mean, just as nappy mm-hmm. and beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. And I was out with my hair. And people were like, when are you in the burn? Girl, when you go get this, my daddy told me I don't know about that when I first met. Who gonna hire you? How you gonna get a job and whatever? I was just like, you taught me to be proud of who I am, and now you know it's a problem. But all of a sudden, I I say probably about three years, maybe four years ago, it was just the thing to do. When I I think I went natural, had to be like oh seven ish yeah. uh maybe oh six and there were no natural hair products you, could, you couldn't go to walmart Mm-mm. or anything to but you had to order it offline oh, you know i know this yes. 2001 imagine right. what it was looking like <laughs> exactly <laughs> it was looking very bleak <laughs> now, but it, that's what's called being a trendsetter you know mm-hmm. when you do it first and, and people think you're being outside the box the next mm-hmm. thing you know everybody you know wants to come yeah, on. and you know when i first started doing poetry too like it was a few people there were people doing it right. you know I'm sure but now it's like this it's a thing it's a to do thing. yeah mm-hmm. mostly I, I meet so many people now like and I think that's beautiful you yes. know that all these people want to be poets or are our poets are are using that gift you know mm-hmm. um but we just you gotta take risks uh I heard this guy say again on my motivational speeches mm-hmm. he said your uh success or, or what you get back is a is going to be the direct reciprocation of the risk you you willing to take. Mm. So if you're not willing to take that much risk, then you're not going to get that much reward. Exactly. The bigger the risk you're willing to take, the bigger the reward. Exactly. So the people who are the trendsetters, who are the first ones to step out and go natural, mm-hmm. or to have a talk radio show, or to do podcasts, or mm-hmm. do live shows, like you taking that risk, your right. payoff is right. going to be huge. You know. Hey, I see it. I feel it. I feel it in my spirit. Okay. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, as you say, you, of course you were born here, but New Orleans is really who made you, basically. Oh, yeah. So when, when you were first there, how hard was it for you to actually embrace that culture and make it yours, make it your own and bring it, bend it to where you can be able to, you know, be a beacon of life from there? It, it 
wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, New Orleans has always been very much a part of my life. Like mm-hmm. my my dad, I think when I was in high school, had moved to New Orleans and was working out there. So, um, and then I have some family out there. So New Orleans was just always yeah yeah. I just always had this direct connection mm-hmm. to it. So me transitioning to live there or to be a part of the artist community there really wasn't that hard. Right. I feel like New Orleans is one of those places. Like when it's it's just in you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you feel it. Like when you hit that Bonnie Carey spillway, like you already yeah. feel it. Like when I'm I'm already getting into Kenner and Metairie, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. she home, <laughs> she home, you know. Um, I just get very excited about just being there. It's, mm. Man, the people there are so lovely, the culture, the um, the accent, the food, the yeah, everything, you know, everything. all the typical things that we think. But beyond that, it's like the spirit mm-hmm. of New Orleans. I feel like it's the spirit of most black people that live in the South because a lot of our people, we don't even realize it came through. New Orleans yes. is a port city. Yes. So when they bought slaves in, that's where a yeah, lot of us, you know, we might have ended up migrating, but, right. but a lot there. of us came through there and mm-hmm. the, the spirit of resiliency and, and like tenacity and strength mm-hmm. and all that, that, that those people, you know, our ancestors had that's in us and in our blood. So exactly. you can just still see that in the people, you know, I was living in New Orleans when Katrina hit. Yeah, uh, I hate always associating New Orleans with Katrina because it's, yeah, beyond, it's, it's bigger beyond than Katrina. It. Exactly. But I was there and just like seeing how the people bounced back and came back and mm-hmm. yeah, Everything ain't perfect, but you know we black people know what it's like to have everything stripped from us and then be able to still build it again. Build up like we came over here, our cultures, language, mm-hmm. everything was taken from us, and we still here. Exactly. And that's what I try to make these like Trump supporters and whoever understand. Like <laughs> we're not going nowhere. Like exactly. we didn't survived all kind. We survived <laughs> slavery, the transatlantic slave trade, civil rights, mm-hmm. Jim Crow, the crack epidemic. Like. Yes. Uh, we survived oh, all these things. <laughs> we not going nowhere. No so y'all might as well just get real comfortable, get you a good little seat, and, get you some popcorn. and watch us work, watch, yes. us, watch us glow up, as they say now. Because <laughs> the last got to become first, you know uh-huh. what I mean? And so I, I really see, you know, I know right now it looks really bleak, you know, and hard for, for black people. But, man, I just really see us coming around full circle. But it's us realizing who we are, realizing we our names, to. you know, mm-hmm. who we are, not just our our physical names of realizing who we are and mm-hmm. who we are you know exactly. and what the power we got in us like I, I said think, a lot of the young people don't know we don't know our ancestry and our identity so we behave in a way right you know not according to that right but if we really like instilled in our young people like who they are man it would be, be amazing uh, such a huge uprising it would be like, amazed. i feel like we don't know our full potential like I, I've, I've always said this like we are the most mimic culture Hmm. and we ourselves don't even understand our influence that we have like today um i was listening to um I'm going to talk about this later, Ricky Smiley's son, but I was listening to uh, Breakfast Club. I love Breakfast Club. I love Breakfast Club. And uh, Charlamagne... I don't like all the people on there, but I like, I like <laughs> right. the show. <laughs> right. Uh, Charlamagne says, like, the most influential uh, uh, social media group is the black woman. And he was like, whatever we mad about, whatever we happy about, whatever we enjoy is going to be trending. We're going to talk about it. We will hop in your mentions. If you if you piss us off, we're going to hop in your mentions and correct you. Whatever we wearing exactly. is going to be a new trend. Exactly. Everything. So the black woman 
not just the black one black people bigger like you know when they say black twitter and all this there black twitter and black instagram black social media black twitter you want to get back on twitter exactly. and i've been off of twitter for, for a minute. minute it's the most influential like we are the ones we're the make waves we're the ones who have the blogs writing about certain things mm-hmm. and taking this time out to like wait what, what are they talking about we need to look into this right. because we're we're always voicing our opinion not only just voicing it a lot of us are acting on our opinions as well too and making them facts um but as a whole as a culture so we start realizing that we are those ones we are really the influencers we'll never take up and take our crowns Mm -hmm. and be first like we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be so everybody has to do it and like you're saying like you have to pass that knowledge off to everybody like it's cool that me and you are sitting in this room because we have like minds but if we took this conversation somewhere else who doesn't have like minds we're enlightening those people and I I just I live for moments like that oh yeah definitely (laughs) like just like you said that when the light bulb comes on yeah. for, that's why i love man when i go to talk to those inmates they be getting yeah. you, you know what i mean yeah. um because they know what it's like to have that freedom stripped and everything like mm. we we sometimes get real comfortable with the luxuries we have out here on the outside yeah. but it's like man when you go and you say bro look at where you at right now like mm-hmm. did whatever you did whatever you did to get here did that work for you like mm-hmm. you got to do something different and i say the same thing with like black people we look at our communities like mm-hmm. look at where we at right now like is that working for us exactly. that's not obviously your mentality like wanting to fight everybody wanting to videotape these fights yes. and all this foolishness um me and one of my friends were just talking about like some <clears throat> of the videos they've been putting up on facebook that like, little sex videos that have been circulating that or whatever goes viral. like I'm is like, that what? working for us that's not working <laughs> exactly. for us obviously so we gotta do something Man. different and i don't know what the wake up call would be you would think you know this man getting in office but I think a lot of us don't even care about that because we think it's so far removed from us Mm -hmm. we think about you know that that's that's way over there they don't have directly affect me but, but yeah will. when your benefits or when it start affecting your rights and or taxes, or this yeah or this stuff with the police or whatever like when all these different laws start changing mm-hmm. and where somebody is in prison you know I, I ran across guys who are in jail for like a few grams but they got like life sentences yeah. or whatever you know for non-violent offenses when when those laws start affecting you like that you better start waking up and paying attention right. to to who's governing you and exactly and, and what's going on in your communities and become becoming more involved i watch this on facebook all the time like you saying those videos that go viral um even locally um a group of people forced klab to address uh the hickson autoplex yeah. it was like they just talked about it so much made it bigger and had everybody saying i'm boycotting them i'm boycotting them. i'm not i'm not going to hickson da, 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 da. and I really when I watched the video I was like I don't know what he said <laughs> so I was like what did he say I didn't I didn't get offended but a group of people forced KLAB yeah. to talk about this like it, and they forced KLAB to talk about the Tony Brown situation all kind yeah. of things and I say you're using your influence for the wrong reason yeah, yeah. now with the Hickson thing <clears throat> I, I agree with that one that they yeah. do Cause and I was mad because I saw somebody black riding around the car that had a new plate <laughs> that had Hicks and Auto Plates. I was like, you, I'm pray that you ain't heard about. But he basically was on this rant, like just really praising Donald Trump and saying that America's right. about to be 
great again and whatever. And I'm like, bro, great for who? You know what I mean? Right. But that, I find that to be the mentality of some people in Alexandria too. It's very segregated here. It's mm-hmm. very good old boy. It really you know, is. Type it really whatever. is. And, and the sad thing about it is you got a bunch of black people that live here and we do not use our influence. What? A lot of the people who are politicians, I might step on some toes right now. A lot of people who are politicians mm-hmm. and who have, and this reflects on me and not on Kim, uh-huh. a lot of the politicians cool. and people who have, you know, clout here, they feel like once they get in a good little relationship and get their little standing they don't heal with nobody us, else. oh, then it's like, oh, well, we we good over here, you know. I don't and, know about you. And I don't know about you, but I'm good. Right. I got my little position on Gator or on the council or on whatever. <laughs> and, and, and that's not the extent of, you it's know, right. you still got a whole community over here, like where I grew up, where all the houses are, are falling down, where the schools are D and F schools mm-hmm. and whatever. Like it takes more. It takes more than that. It and it's does. not even just on the politicians. It's on it's on the, the community. It's everybody. everybody. It's the, I feel like it starts at home and from home and school and from school from church and from church the 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 government. Right. Like all of that when it flourishes from there and then oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Then you'll see that change. Yeah. But my thing is this. In Alexandria, black people are the majority, and we have never had a black mayor. Hmm. Never. But Pineville. <laughs> Pineville, presumed to be the most racist city that we've always been told, always, you know, been embedded in our minds. They have a black mayor and has had a black mayor for years. Yeah. They, they love that man, and he's not going anywhere. You don't mm-hmm. hear anybody openly complaining about him. they know what him. kind of city they want Pineville uh-huh. to be, and they know that he's the person that will do it. Whereas mm-hmm. over here, we are a bunch of, like, it's about the name. Yes. It's about the, you know, keeping certain things intact and certain families letting them run certain exactly. just people run the city so we don't care if it yeah. gets run down into the dirt as long as that particular name or that particular mm-hmm. you know individual is in office it's and, not fair and it's not benefiting any of us and I always say this too like the people who are the quote unquote gatekeepers are the ones who like you said are on these boards are the wrong people in yeah. position yeah. The wrong people in position. They're not power. progressive at Mm-mm. all. That's why we stuck in the same low rent. And in the like, city too is a yes. really huge religious community. Yes. Yeah, um, which is sad because we have, you know, like I'll go back to the Sonya quarters. You got a church mm-hmm. on every, every corner. Mm-hmm. People would rather have a church with twenty members than to all put together and have one big huge congregation and make exactly. some kind of impact in your community. What's the purpose of me having a church on this corner, but this block ain't full of nothing but crackheads and abandoned buildings mm-hmm. and, and we got a church on every corner? It ain't working, right? Obviously. But we all need to come together, and that's the best of <laughs> moral of the story. Is like, like the everybody want to be the chief, nobody want to be the Indian. Exactly. But you rather be the chief over a rundown vi- little village. Yeah, they got five people in the village than to be like, one of the Indians in a village that is thriving. I've never know? understood going through the Sunday quarters. I mean, like you said, there is literally a church on every corner in the Sunday quarters. They can, like you said, only have. About twenty five, maybe maybe fifty members. Maybe they never thought as a collective as each church that if we get together, um, not only would our tithes and offering flourish, but we can be able Everybody to do things here in this community. Each other, and look stuff like at, that. You know, look at the Pentecostal church here right. in Alexandria. This. I don't know. Is there another? I don't know about any the, other. There might be little uh, one or a few other mean, ones, but, but I don't know anybody. There's um, only one main one that I know. And they run the city. They here in one in, in the community. 
and they again again collectively came together now they're out their church is running a community they bought a whole block blocks not just a block they blocks. run the city the city's the they do everything everything, <laughs> everything. they run it because you know why they came together as a collective like low-key you really can't be mad at them but mm-hmm. high-key you can like you i think you're uh putting a brick in the dam and stopping the water flow. I ain't mad at them at all. <laughs> I, 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 won't, I, I hope that some other people catch on and say, right. you know, what, what is it they're doing? We need to study how people come together. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about a lot of unity and things like that in the church uh, or whatever, but there there really is like no, you, the black community struggles so divided. with unity. Mm-hmm. It's so divided and it's it's all according to the plan though. Mm, so is. we can't even be Exactly. Upset. It's been embedded in us. It's been ingrained. And Everything from colorism to to classism Mm -hmm. to all of that, you know, and it's crazy because when we all came here in order to survive, we kind of had to depend on each other. People don't realize that when slaves were taken from Africa, they didn't just take all of one particular tribe and everybody knew how to speak the same language and whatever. Like they took from everywhere. So you on this boat Mm -hmm. with people who might not even speak the language. It might be a a tribe that you have. Did you watch the new roots? Did you watch the new roots? roots? Like. The new roots, I have an appreciation it's, for. It's real love. Yeah, because okay. it shows that what you're talking about yeah. right there. People who didn't speak the same language and they're all in this boat together. So now they, they're they trying in a confusing situation, trying to figure out how do we communicate with one yeah. another? What can we do to stop this ship and get us back home? And, you know, going back home was always their goal, but... it never really happened mm-hmm. for them, you know? So can you imagine that on right. top of how they separated us by color on top Mm -hmm. of how they separated us by certain things, you know, to the point where we just started doing it automatically on our own. Like white people don't even have to do it for us exactly. anymore. We you know, we got the, we, uh, what was this thing that was trending one time on Twitter? Like teen light skin, yeah, teen, teen dark, dark skin. skin. Like that was trending for oh, a while. So trivial, like <laughs> who cares? It, it was trending for a you while. You got skin, good. Like I don't care what color it is, as long right. as it's cuffing up your body. Like we just we pay so much attention to the most trivial things. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we as a community also kind of got it messed up. Is like. Man, they don't be caring about no color but green a lot of the times, mm-hmm. and we we are on some. I can't work with him because I don't like him. But yeah. if I don't like you, I'm gonna work with you. If we can get this money together, let's get the money. Exactly, together. And, and, and we can bring some kind of like uh, upper mobility to the community. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I'm worried about. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about the personal beefs, the skin color, the texture, of hair, the right. where you came from, what neighborhood, what set you claim, what whatever. Mm-hmm. But then again, um, I won't say I can't be mad at. At us because mm-hmm. you know we we take part of the blame and we also have to take have the system that that impose all these things on us take part of the blame. Mm-hmm. Now, our responsibility is not to keep placing the blame, right. but at some point we got to say, okay, we know that's what happened. Right. Now what do we do to fix it? Because we got to fix it. We can't wait on the people that broke it to Man, fix it. That's I tell my mama this all the time because we get into these uh, conversations. Because I'm like, mama, we gotta stop seeing everything so black and white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who, who okay let's take away color what else what's next what what is the other argument mm-hmm. and she gets so mad at me because she was like but kim that's how the world thinks okay yes that's how the world thinks but this does not mean that's how you're supposed to right. think so like let's just keep it open mind and we we always this is always like a constant oh, little yeah. and that's, that. a, that's the battle you know especially <laughs> if you're somebody who i guess considers yourself to be a little bit awake or conscious or whatever right, you're really right. cognizant of because i'm very cognizant of black white mm-hmm. you know very <laughs> aware of it mm-hmm. but it's like 
to what extent like what do you use it for or mm-hmm. whatever you know what I mean like I'm aware of it I'm aware of the things that happen but at the end of the day too like I understand humanity and I mm-hmm. understand that like we all up in here trying to exactly. survive and get it you know what I mean and so if I have to have partnerships with you know if somebody white gonna help me get it and make it happen or whatever like I gotta make it happen how I gotta make it happen exactly. you can't be that um, yeah. closed off and I think that's what we sometimes like err on the side of going too far extreme mm-hmm. too far over here and, and we gotta find a, it's a medium a balance mm-hmm. yeah. it's just, I'm just like mama I can't look at it that way. I'm not going to look at it that You're talking to somebody who was one of the most militant. There was a time when I was like, man, I don't even want to use white paper towels. You hear me? Like, I was just very, you know, I was angry, you know. And at the time, I was directing that anger in, in, you know, not a very productive way or whatever. Mm. But, like, I'm still, I still be cognizant when when white people be on that bull, you know. Mm. And I call them out on it. That's my thing is, like, I'm going to educate you on Mm -hmm. and, and I've also found that like on on social media and stuff, one of those things I had to do was like I'm I, I can't go back and forth with ignorant people. Right, yeah, I don't That's even not do my it. job. My job is for me to shine my light, and, and hopefully my light will you know yeah. wake some other folk up. But I don't even I can't do individually it. go through picking all the different arguments. <laughs> yeah. like, that's too much. That's, I, I don't time. get paid for all that. <laughs> right, <laughs> they ain't making me no money. <laughs> all right, but we're gonna transition into these hot topics. Um, while we're talking Uh-oh. about poetry and everything, let's talk about Chrisette Michelle. I'm mad you said poetry and Chrisette Michelle. I know you. Sentence. Yeah, no, you just said this before we start recording. <laughs> no, you know. Yeah, I I love I love some of her music, but you know she took it upon herself. She's going performed at the inauguration, mm-hmm. and of course she received much backlash from everybody, everybody <laughs> in the black community. Like, why did you even go do this? Well, how much money did they even pay you? I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, that I I feel like. Man, I but I think some people who were down and hurt for that amount of money, I yeah, think I they would have they'd have been like, I love y'all black people, but, but I, uh, I gotta pay these. I gotta sell, catch that check. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I gotta catch that check. Um, I for me personally, because I mm-hmm. can't say what her experience is. Right, I personally would not have done that. I mm-hmm. mean, one of my friends was like, but yo, what if they dangled? You know, I think it was seven hundred fifty thousand. They said, yeah. but she really didn't get nothing like two hundred thousand. Yeah, something like that. Or uh, whatever. Right. Um. I just couldn't, man, my conscience, it's just like, there's a line drawn between what you do for money and Mm -hmm. what you don't do for money. I would have been that person, though, if they would have said, you got to perform, I would have got there and done the blackest shit ever. Right. Like, you told me to perform, but you didn't tell me to perform. What? What? (laughs) Exactly. I think... Um, And I probably, you know, they probably would have, like, canceled the contract on me or whatever, but I just wouldn't have felt comfortable going down in history as being a part of that. Mm -hmm. Not only because of who it was, it was just the saddest inauguration ever. It really was. It was depressing and sad, like, that whole week leading up to it and everybody denying like no we're not gonna do it we're not gonna do it and then here she comes saying yeah I'm performing matter of fact she didn't say it was like low key leaked like somebody was like whoa Christine Michelle gonna perform Mm -hmm. and then cause I thought it was rumor at first then I was like oh shit the major blogs are posting this this is real and then finally she comes out and do her little uh, Instagram and then she gets into it with Spike Lee and she gets into it with uh, Talib Kweli and she had the nerve to mention Uh, them in the the quote I'm gonna put quotation air quotation the poem that she did I think she mentioned Mm -hmm. Spike 
likely and she I feel like she ain't got no friends or no team they right. even told her that that was all wrong well her fiance which is her manager he mm-hmm. she said in her interview on her breakfast club today that he said we're not doing it so she was like oh yeah I'm gonna do it you know oh my god <laughs> they were well, saying no she, but here she, she gonna take that blame from embarrassing herself then mm-hmm. on, cause I listened they played it on the breakfast club the other yeah. morning the, the poem or whatever and Charlemagne was cracking okay, yeah, up uh, it sounds like somebody let her listen to what which or she heard what she thought poetry is supposed mm-hmm. to sound like and it just sounded very gimmicky and very and I am the voice of the I felt like it was like a diss I was like this is a diss track I swear to God that's horrible and you ain't got that kind of credentials to be doing no diss track because people could come at you with the I was like is this a diss track it was the worst I just prayed at the polar baby that this is not the death of her career because she's a very talented woman very beautiful her voice is amazing live and she kill it yes. live she's beautiful you know beautiful voice in yes. but, but that mind you know that just go to show you if that mind ain't right you can have all the all talent right. in and, the world and she said her her family they have all not all of them but majority of them have turned their backs on her so it's like now after doing this she uh, is kind of in a cold in a way because mm-hmm. she's like wow you know people really shun me and she said you know Charlamagne asked her it was like okay so you did this and you you were going to use this platform to talk to him and try to open the conversation and Donald Trump wasn't even in the room when you mm-hmm. performed he wasn't even to meet him exactly so then, like you said was this a waste and she was like it wasn't she tried to she tried to like again we said she backtracked a lot in this mm-hmm. interview cause I I really had to I love interviews I love mm-hmm. them to mm-hmm. death I mean I will watch anybody sit down and talk to somebody because you learn so much about a person yeah. and she really you know backtracked and she said no I didn't say that I said with the people who were in control like basically other officials I was mm-hmm. like that's not what you said but right. okay and um you feel better and he was like well why didn't you come out there with a Black Lives Matter tee and she said well if you looked at my skirt I had you know the hangings of people it was an artwork cause she you know kept saying Basquiat and oh, all she this she was digging herself deep and I was just oh, like Lord. I didn't if you would have if she would have did this like okay before going on stage to perform maybe took to her Instagram because I had to watch the performance I was like I didn't even know to notice that what her skirt is I thought it was just a regular black and white skirt you know the camera of course didn't really zoom in and get those images mm-hmm. and to get the imagery so what she should have done okay if I was her and I did this. I'm like, yep, I'm going to perform at Donald Trump's inauguration. I'm going to make a statement. And yeah, I'm going to make a statement. So before even going on stage, I'm going to take a picture in my outfit. As all women do, she yeah. didn't do this. I'm going to take a picture in my outfit and explain, this is my outfit. This I'm going to use this platform to say, I'm tired of the killings. I'm tired of the hangings. Because she yeah. said this was on the skirt with the hangings, police brutality, everything that we as a black culture suffer, suffer from. But again, if you would have gave me that imagery first, I would be like, okay, I respect her right. because she is on this platform pointing it out but if not on the tail exactly end don't like, come at the end mm-hmm. after it's done mm-hmm. and then say well I had this skirt on like no no because I feel like you're just trying to buy <laughs> yeah, a, an right. excuse or whatever like nah people already don't like you now right it's, it's not, hard to win the people back <laughs> after you lost them I'm like I'm not grasping that from you I right now I see the thing about the skirt I'm gonna have to go take yeah. to Instagram and go check that out yeah. and see this skirt I need to examine it for right myself. that's what I said I, sh- I need 
need a, I need a I'm full picture. I'm going to pull out picture. my little monocle and go look yeah, at cause, that. Right, because I went and watched the performance again. I was like, I really can't what see. What song she sang? She sang a gospel song with this other uh, gospel artist. Oh, Lord. Rather just, uh, was this gospel artist a black person too? He was. Look, the whole. Ain't nobody the, showing him the, yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Charlemagne who, who said was it Tony <laughs> Charlemagne said um what did Charlemagne say this morning? He said that uh yeah, he's bad too. No nobody like him too. And she's like, You just named one person that don't like him. <laughs> it just they kinda just went back and forth. But. She yeah, I don't think she needs a PR person because I don't think she's doing a great job at like I don't think she's, she needs to get somebody else that's right. a professional at speaking on her behalf because she just digging herself deeper and I deeper really in feel like that. And I don't know where else she can go from what she said, a D um D list. Yeah, she yeah, that's what she said. I'm a D lister. I was like now. She in the F, so I don't know where else she could go besides just flunking completely. Are you still out. on the list? I mean, I don't hey. know. But you know what? It might be some publicity for her because people know her now. So if she were to drop an album, mm-hmm. you know, people I mean, might. If, if black people ain't buy it, the white people will buy it now because yeah, her name check is it out. out there. Mm-hmm, to check before, it. Man, people were calling this girl Cassette Michelle. <laughs> right. And see, this is me. I was like, um,. I just didn't get the whole skirt imagery thing. I'm gonna pull it up I here. Need, I need the skirt. The skirt gotta uh, gotta speak to me before I can right co-sign and jump yeah, all on it before we let her back in the gates. All right, if you look at the uh, the TV screen, you kind of see the skirt. You really can't see that imagery. You see? Not not see. That's not that big of a statement for me. Right. That's not. And if she would have, oh Travis Green, yeah, the what I gotta do to prove my love, uh, I yeah. do anything to prove my, I think that's him. So they mm-hmm. performed. No, that's Kurt. She needed more of a statement. Yeah, if you're gonna make, because that was Basquiat. Of course, Basquiat mm-hmm. was. You know, a lot of the hip hop artists now speak yeah. a lot about Basquiat. Yeah, only because Jay Z bought him out. They didn't even know who Basquiat was. I almost wore my Basquiat shirt today. Look, this one was. I've never heard Basquiat so much in my life these past couple weeks. Jay Z <laughs> brought him back out, but he did do a lot of socio political work, you know, back mm-hmm. in the eighties. Um, even though he did date Madonna, but that's neither here nor there, right? Um, but that skirt does not—it's not that blatant of a. Of I think a, if she would have took to Instagram first before this, it still wouldn't work for me. I need more. You need more. Right? I need more. I need. I need a, a dress that got yeah. Black Lives Matter all, all over it with it. police tape on it. Okay, that's now if she would have done that. Then I would have been like, "Girl, yes, you better get up there and work." I don't know why it's not playing, but I mean, beautiful song, yes. But I was like, "This is a um, a stage full of Black people, mm-hmm. and they all sitting there singing." I'm like, "What are they family members?" Was thinking like what are, what's going through their minds when they were asked to sit here so and this perform? Is that a side event because Trump and Melania wasn't even there. They weren't even there. They, so they, even they basically the entertaining yet. the guests, right? Um, okay. Yeah, it's not, but it's not playing on the computer. But uh, and I'm a that I was gonna say something so mean, but God, I don't want to speak against <laughs> this man of God and have something happen. But he, um, I don't think he thinking too straight because he had like a little head injury as a child, from what I hear, and almost died. He like fell out a window or something. Really? Oh, so he yeah. might not have been thinking straight when Donald Trump asked him to perform. And um, see here, here they are. They have the oh, they black white human. Yeah. If they would have, if they would have performed in that, I think that would have sent some some sign of a message. Yeah, that would have sent a, a yeah. She uh, should have had that shirt. It, it would have sent more of a statement 
than just oh we, then this we abstract bias skirt we rehearsed yeah. in that but uh hmm. i think if she would have just jumped ahead oh, of it or, cassette yeah she she poor tried cassette, michelle <laughs> cassette i'm gonna start calling her cassette now because she's not even a a, 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 a a cd a compact disc right or what's new now people don't listen to uh, i'll stream her on title if i know she's not even a she's not even it she's cassette <laughs> Cassette Michelle, A track oh, Michelle, O A track. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that that song mm-hmm. that 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 new song that she put out, I was like, mm, no, I wasn't feeling How it either. Calling this a song, a poem, it, whatever it, what it is, was. her body of work, a piece of art, fuckery, right? <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're gonna move right along. Let's talk about Stacey Dash while we're talking about people who kind of low key. She now. Chris said, said she doesn't support Trump, but she still performed. But that's not the message that I feel you're sending to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, a, a support Trump, uh, Trump supporter, uh, Stacey Dash. Oh Lord! With Stacey Dash, I'm like, I never would have expected. <laughs> never would expected that this was her mindset. This is how she would carry herself. I did. She was hanging with um, what you call them back with coolest, the little white girl. Uh, oh yeah, uh, she was never amongst the group of uh, black folk. Right, she right. She thought she was one of the valley girls. But this so. is Dame Dashka. Doesn't. That don't mean nothing. Don't, don't mean, mean shit. Dame is, Dame is not too wrapped up. You right? <laughs> but yeah, she always just came across to me as one of the black girls who wanted to be a Becky or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm really not like surprised. Exactly. At, no. And so now, of course, she's just she's supporter. She's supporting what he's saying. She's live by die by, and then she gets X from Fox. Like it's over with. Goodbye. She, why was she okay? First of all, why was Stacey Dash on Fox in the first I place? Understand what that. are your credentials to be on a news, news supposed I, to be a news exactly. source, a credible news source? I always thought that I was like, what did she do? Like, what did she have on a uh, a degree? In a, she didn't even have <laughs> a good enough um, credentials to be a, a, a credible actress to yeah. me, let alone to be on a news, a news source. I was like, what the hell? Did they just give that was for some ratings or something? It was like, let's be. get somebody who's controversial. Let's get a black woman. Yeah, and it was probably hard to find black women who were supportive. And of after him. she put, you know, because she started out doing her little Twitter rants, and then after she did it, they probably all eyes on her, you know. Mm-mm. And but you know, she's gone. And the crazy part about it, this is on her birthday. <laughs> he asked her oh, on, her her on her birthday. Yeah, I was like, oh damn. I don't know why <laughs> I feel like a little bit of joy out of that. <laughs> that's horrible to think of that this woman got fired, but I. Find I find a little bit of joy in it. Ain't no love in these streets. <laughs> and, and you know what? I think that was a good lesson to her that as much as you sit here and defending like the people with these right. mindsets, like they really don't have Hang your best back. interests at heart. It's, they're using, it's still using you at the end of the day. Yeah, you're exactly. At the end of the day, you're cute, you're whatever, but you are mm-hmm. still a black woman at the end of the day. Exactly. And that's how they see you. Yeah, they're going to, people, they're going to always look at you like that, you yeah. know? So, you, I mean, even though, however much you want to say you side with them or you understand, or you feel da 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 da, they just, just trying to be relevant. Yeah, I think so too. Because I mean, when did Clueless come out? I think we watched Clueless at my sweet sixteen summer yeah. party. I'm thirty six, like twenty years ago. Yeah, Ooh. so yeah, she ain't really been relevant in like twenty years. So I think she really was just trying, trying to, to get get a name out. Because I think she was at she was on VH1. She was a uh, in that show. 
with uh, Lisa Ray. She mm. mopped. She was an XXL model, I believe. But that was back, what, late How you 90s? steps backwards in your career? You've been exactly. in a, I won't say like a blockbuster hit movie, then going to Yeah, no. fall, still falling by the wayside. Yeah, so I'm going to chalk that I'm gonna chalk that up to her trying to remain relevant. <laughs> right, yeah. She, I, I, I hope that this moment is an eye-opener for her. Like I don't think it will be, though. You're right. I, you know, because I mean, I don't. I won't say. I don't think Trump has that high of IQ. Like he, mm-hmm. he's not too sharp yeah. with catching on to things. And I think you know, she I won't right say there. some of his yeah supporters are the same way. Like mm-hmm. she falls right there in it. The, she clueless. You are- hashtag <laughs> clueless. I don't think this will be the the wake up call for her. I think she might go from Fox and be like, let me try to get on whatever the next um, the channel that the girl Tommy uh, what name sorry Tommy oh Lauren. Oh my gosh, yes. she'll probably get on that channel. They probably team up. To she do could something. be a black. Tommy Lauren. Oh my god. They kinda no. look alike a little bit. Yeah, Tommy Lauren just, Tommy Lauren is another one who her. has no credit. She has like a bachelor's degree in political science or something and that's it. She's really young, so she's I don't think she has uh really misinformed. I really sometimes like part of me thinks inside of my mind that she's just doing this for an act. No, you gotta think about why it works though. And it's like maybe she's just doing this Mm-mm. because for ratings, you know. Mm-mm. And then you just like, No, this is really her. Yeah, this pretty much will have you thinking some crazy kind of way. Even when you know people were mad at Charlemagne and uh, Trevor Noah and Bay for sitting yeah, down Trevor with her. Bay. He, that's Bay. <laughs> Girl, I was so mad today. I went. And I was like, let me Google and look up and see like who Trevor Noah Bay. And of course, he dating some cute little model girl out of L.A. or whatever. But yeah, he's Bay. He don't want her. Yeah. <laughs> right? Trevor call me. <laughs> but yeah, when they went to go sit yeah. and meet with her, or whatever. Now for Trevor. I appreciate the fact that he allowed her to come and sit down and like mm-hmm. on his you show. know uh, to just get some perspective. He didn't. People were saying he drug her, but he didn't really drag. Yeah, her I don't think he dragged her. But because like she, if she would have sat down with me, like I would have, we probably would have. I would have dragged her. <laughs> he was very nice and very cordial. He was. Um, but I feel Very. like you gotta open up the dialogue. Like, yeah. if people, we want people to understand or to get this uh, understanding, mm-hmm. the common understanding of each other. You gotta sit down sometimes and have those talks. And even though I don't think she left there with a different perspective, right? Um, I think it's worth like sometimes sitting down, exactly. With even and having even with the after, I couldn't do it, but somebody else, gotta do yeah. it. And he was the one. Who he was, was the one. Like I said, we have to have those open minded people who don't see everything for race. Mm-hmm. So I think him and Charlamagne actually sitting down with her, trying to un- trying to understand her yeah. like why are you thinking like this and trying to explain to give her some kind of insight to understand us yeah. because they they never will if we don't have that conversation so I right. think that was the, the dialogue now, I didn't understand Charlemagne's meeting with her I know he said they worked like in similar or she was in the same well, she building was supposed or something to be, where he was at Viacom or something like that she was supposed to be on the breakfast club the next day right but after what happened with the Trevor Noah situation they were like hell no she ain't mm-hmm. going on there Cause you you already know Charlemagne and maybe even Angela Yee. Angela Yee wasn't gonna do. You right? I don't think she was gonna do nothing. (laughs) You know, look, I'm gonna be so honest about Angela Yee. I feel like she's just sitting there. She's just so awkward to me. She'd be all right until you get like another. 
I hate to say it like this, but an you get another female? strong, yeah, you yeah. get another strong, or I don't even call her alpha female. No, I you get a strong female yeah. on there who's educated and very articulate or whatever. She she shies, hold, a, she shies she away. She can't hold her own. Now, with the guys goofing around or whatever, she trying yeah. to hold her own. But when you get another woman up there, like when Jill was on there, she, oh, no. when uh, what's Michelle. her name? Kay Michelle, I was about when to say. When Kay Michelle oh. came for her, Thank I God. felt I like. I seen somebody shrink so fast. <laughs> she shrink like a. I was like, you know, you were supposed to stay in cold my, water. You're right. She shrunk down. <laughs> she got all the way down in the cup. You I feel like if she would have stood her ground and be like, wait, okay, and owned it, like, okay, yeah, I said it. Now what? Yeah. What are you mad about? Mm-hmm. She was scared. You can't bring that anger here. What's up? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, I, I don't like, let's talk about this like two women. Yeah. Not you just yelling at me and I'm in this yeah. corner. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she pulled that Angela Yee card and then, you know, came Michelle Music can't be couldn't be playing on any hour station after that. Wow. So like yeah, I wouldn't you ain't, she ain't handle it the right way to nah, me. Nah, not at all. Not at all. But, but yeah, I didn't understand Charlemagne's meeting with Tommy Lauren. I think mm-hmm. they had like ice cream and they took pictures like homies. No. Now that's where I had a problem at. <laughs> you know, Trevor saying, did sit down with her, I think, before they were supposed to meet and they had dinner and or right. had drinks or whatever, I guess, to have a discussion. People were trying to pass it off like it was a date or whatever. Right. He specifically said it wasn't a date. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she had somebody, she uh, a boyfriend or whatever, he has a significant other. So I didn't mm-hmm. see it as being a date like that, but but um, I didn't understand the, the Charlemagne and the well, ice cream and chilling and taking pictures like we homies. Like, nah. well, he said he was being sarcastic with that. Nah, I listen because he's gonna pull the Chris and Michelle. Um, he coming on the tail end trying to have a good excuse. Because I listened to his podcast uh, or whatever, and he was just like, I was being sarcastic. I was not being serious. He he was just trying to figure out why she pulled out the Breakfast Club. Like, why do you feel this is gonna hurt you mm. pulling out of the Breakfast Club and trying to set up another time where they can have a talk? Because I think he has his show Uncommon Sense, so mm-hmm. I think she's gonna be on Uncommon Sense when it lo- airs oh. later on. So I. I I think I'm praying that's the situation where he was trying to align it up for that. But, you know, everybody, you just first perception is everything. Mm -hmm. So when you see it like this, nigga, yeah, Yeah, that was my thought. He's sitting down here with with her and ice cream with Becky. Yeah, yeah, that was But he tried it like on on his podcast, you know, and he's like, that's not what he was doing. You know, Charlemagne, he be problematic sometimes (laughs) anyway. So (laughs) I think it's funny. He's funny to me, and then that's when he realized the black woman is very influential. So he okay, said, will he make said, or break your career. He said, he said the black woman had me trending for weeks. He said on Twitter, Facebook, hmm. and Instagram. He said I never trended hmm. on, on Facebook. Hmm. <laughs> Ain't nothing. Uh, there is what is it? Hell have no fury like a woman uh-huh. scorned, like a black woman scorned. Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. No, not at all. Now, Ricky Smiley's fifteen-year-old son. Oh lord! You know, Ricky Smiley have a, a reality show, and he comes out and he's on a date with, I believe, his cousin or or someone else, and he set him up with an. I mean, she was a beautiful young lady, and he Is his son. He just bought the Jeep for. Is that his nephew? Yeah, no, his son. He's fifteen. I don't know. I know he got a son. He he's adopted him, but it's his nephew. He just bought him a jeep or something. Like that. I'm, honestly, I don't. I really don't watch the show like that. Oh, okay, I just okay. checked. I checked mm-hmm. this episode out because you know he got a bunch of little kids. Yeah, that he, he got really, him. You're right. He's not biologically. He is, but he takes them all yeah. in. So um. Anyway, so he comes out and he said, you know, like you know, I'm not really enjoying myself. You know, I'm not. 
I'm not really into black girls. Like he's saying, what? he say as a a black girl to him is like my sister. Like, whoa, what's up, my homie or whatever. He doesn't see the appeal in 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 her or whatever. He's more attracted to foreign women. What? So of course, after this airs, I mean, the backlash is just uh, tremendous again. Uh, the black women on social media will uh, drag you for filth. Uh, and, you know, it kind of forced him to come out on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show and say, that's not what I meant. I was reading a script and I really, what I really was trying to say is that I've had so many trub- troubles and issues with black women that I wanted to try something new and different as far as dating foreign women. Again, you can't put all of us in a box. True, it's true. <laughs> now I could understand him you know. saying, you know, I just want to open my horizons and be open to date. Like, yeah. I don't feel like excluding one particular right type exactly. of woman means that you can't be open to yeah you know, others. Like I've dated outside of my race before, but it didn't mean I was excluding mm-hmm. black men or you know whatever it. I, yeah, and he bore, that was like, all. That was very. And this mean I'm sitting there like you're 15. Yeah. What troubles could what you trouble have had with a black girl? That you it was so traumatic for you. <laughs> I, I usually got this thing now as fragile masculinity or whatever. Oh, like, right. Well, I feel like sometimes. You know, and all this goes back to how we were, I won't say programmed or whatever, where mm-hmm. black women just had to be really, really strong. Yeah. Um, because of, you know, when black men were taken out of the home or were taken mm-hmm. uh, and sold to other plantations or whatever. Exactly. We had to be very stern and be, you know, we watched black men get beaten and tarred and feathered exactly. and hung and all kinds of stuff in front of us. And we had to have that Take backbone. that in and hold that um, in. And then on top of that, you know, fast forward to when, you know, the welfare system and things like that came about. If we wanted any kind of government assistance, they would tell you, you know, you can't have a man uh-huh. in the home. Exactly. Or just always made it very beneficial for you not mm. to have a black man around. Mm-hmm. But I think the poor, uh, the the role of black men and women is like to love each other back into healing. You exactly. know what I mean? Like we can't just like continue to antagonize each other because that's just perpetuating the the problem mm-hmm. that, that's already in place. So to say I I had so many issues out of black women or whatever, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, you're gonna have problems with most regardless and if your masculinity (laughs) is that fragile where a strong woman in um, you know intimidates you or whatever then maybe you do need to go be with the other <laughs> you might need you and Becky because at the end of the day I can't you know I've had people tell me like oh, maybe the reason why a lot of guys don't approach you is because you're intimidating yeah, or whatever I and time. I'm like and that's cool because that's not the type of man I need down on my exactly. team because I, I am going to continue to be a strong you know I know cool. how to let a man be you know who I he going to be and I be who I'm going to be but at the same time I'm not going to back down and shrink mm-hmm. and be something I'm not just for the sake of making you feel comfortable because uh, last week I don't know if you watched as you, again I love interviews but <laughs> so uh, Trina was on Breakfast Club last week oh yeah when well, she was talking about being cheated on yeah and, and, then, and she was talking about um, she was talking about being a Trina versus Katrina like the real yeah, her yeah. and you know most men think that she's this the baddest bitch and she's just coming mm-hmm. off a certain way when really she's a submissive woman that likes to be at home and likes to cook that likes to take care of her man and she was like most men when they get there they mm-hmm. don't get a chance to e- even enjoy or embrace that because they had one assumption about her yeah. already so and, and like it's really hard for the strong, independent woman to be like, I am submissive. Mm-hmm. For, and for the man to actually understand it, like, I'm not going to be submissive just to 
anyone like mm-hmm. I really feel like I just need a strong man cause I'm like I'm not afraid to allow a man to let a man allow him and let him lead right. I'm not afraid of that but I'm not gonna follow you if I feel like you finna uh, lead me to some bullshit yeah, yeah you know so and that's with every leader like you gotta be very mm-hmm. cognizant but you got a lot of men now that want you to take you know have these certain roles but they're not really doing their part right. like you know with this whole like wanting to have side chicks and all this stuff it's now just crazy but I'm me. like then they'll go back and be like well you know people were polygamous in Africa and whatever you know men had multiple wives and whatever. I'm like the- yeah you know why because <laughs> they had the money to take care of those multiple wives or the different wives had purposes they served within the household and whatever it didn't make it right but it worked for survival or whatever y'all out here you could barely you probably living at your mama house and you're trying to have a, a wife and a side chick or whatever living at your mama house right, exactly. you can't even take care of all the children you are making or take care of all the women who you're trying to have yeah so you trying to live a lifestyle that you really are not you know equipped for whatever exactly. and that's where I, I have that issue with like yeah at the end of the day I I won't even like to call it being submissive but right. um, I know when I was I, I went through this point in life where I was just so um, pushing against the grain like I'm not doing gender roles and you know I saw my mom how she you know had did certain things for my father and I was like I'll mm-hmm. never do that now as a like 36 year old woman I understand like being in relationships everybody kind of has their little parts and roles they play that don't mean I always cook Right. you know you can cook sometimes too yeah, that don't mean can, that's yeah. just my role or we can clean up together exactly. but at the end of the day I do feel like I'm not I don't want to try to be a man right I don't want to be the head I of I am a woman soul. at the yeah. end of the day and there are certain things that a man can do or is capable of doing that I as a woman cannot you know and I think that's you know I hate speaking about feminism and mm-hmm. all that because I don't t- or subscribe to being a feminist um, right I believe in women having, you know, equal rights and things like that. But, like, I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. a man. So, I believe in equal rights. But, like, I'm not trying to do everything. Right. So, what are your thoughts about the the, the march that took place? It's not on, my, on the topic list. But, to me, it was just, I'm, I'm being so that's honest with old, you. That's some old white feminism stuff. That's what I was like. I'm like, black women, what are you out here with these white women? I struggle for, what, what are you talking We have a, our own struggle as a black woman. Like, you know, I sound like one of the white people. Now, I got black friends. I got white friends, but I'm not really fucking with white women on their feminism like yeah, that. It's because their horrible. feminism never really included us, no, to be honest. it never did. You know what I mean? And and when, when it's beneficial for them, then they want black women's voices and black women's and, bodies, and you know, to use like, for their movement or whatever. But, like, I'm not here for that. And, again, I think it's part, like we said, a part of that program to... Let us be, let's be strong like her, like the white woman. We don't need our men. Where was again. white feminism like when your husband was raping us? Exactly. And Where were you trying to field? help us and, you know, protect Man, you us then? in the house being dainty and, and letting, so. it, letting it happen and being okay with us being pregnant by your husband. The same place you are now. <laughs> uh, there's a, a, a vlogger. She's a vlogger, blogger. Mm-hmm. All, she does everything. Julesy. I don't know if you ever watched Julesy. I've uh, heard of her. Yeah. yeah. Julesy is amazing, but she was sitting up. Um, um, she does this thing called a uh, snark pop pop snark mm-hmm. where she talks about pop culture things or whatever yeah. uh, and also political um, the hot topics or whatever on her vlog but she was saying uh, she was dressed she said yes I'm coming to y'all today in my white woman splendor because <laughs> yeah. right now the safest thing to be you know is a white I woman because you're oblivious to everything like you know your privilege just carries <laughs> ain't nobody coming for you you just sitting on this whatever like uh, and I'm it's so true you know right. at the end of the day 
white women have to realize like we are not in the same boat we not you know and uh, I just didn't I mean kudos you know everybody come together do whatever but I just just feel like that wasn't the fight for me and y'all the ones that voted him in for the most most of the White women who voted voted yes, for Trump. Exactly. Not saying all white women but voted for Trump. Yeah. But the white women who voted, majority yeah. of them voted for Trump. Exactly. So at the end of the day, like y'all, I, I'm, I can't ride with y'all. You know that was cute. With uh, what's her name, Ashley Judd, or one of them got up and did this nasty woman poem and all. Mm-hmm. And I heard it and I was like, okay, come through, push. Right. You better, uh, like my boy Justin J say, you better pooch. You better pooch <laughs> on through. She was pooching through, but I just, I, I, I couldn't be here for it. You know, like everybody was praising and Meryl Streep but you know kudos to her for using that platform yeah, cool. but at the end of the day I don't feel like nobody old white women that speak up I'm just like uh, yeah. alright <laughs> whatever yeah. I'm just like am I oblivious to things I'm like no I'm not I'm just I'm on my I'm my on my own path and I see the real struggle for what right. it really is because at the end of the day you're not going to receive white women are not going to receive the backlash that black women receive for mm-hmm. speaking out about these things right. and at the end of the day white women are going to continue to be the pinnacle of what beauty standards are are going to be the pinnacle of what this nation fights to protect mm-hmm. that they deem pure and you know right and right mm-hmm. or whatever exactly um, man I remember at this one slam I did this poem and it talks about that privilege of being a white woman and I think by the time I was done, not even a black people, black people were scared to clap. And I'm like, that's how much we program to protect like white femininity is like we... We even scared to, you know. I'm mm-hmm. not. Look me. I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm not. And, and most of the ones I deal with, I already know how I feel about it, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, a few of the ratchet things we have oh, on. Oh, What's this about a side bag? Yeah. So, Kirk Frost, which is Rashida, you know, her husband. From Love Hip Hop Like, hey, Michelle said Kirk with all the earrings. <laughs> and Kirk has a side baby with another chick and she's come forth and she coming forth for coin. I'm not saying <laughs> What coin? Kirk she got coin? He, allegedly he makes like $10,000 a month or something but she wants her child. She wants child support. Oh, you was talking like he was a millionaire or something. Oh, but she said that's in her he mind. Like it's um, I mean, it's more than what I make. But, but I mean, you would you would think it's more the way they carry on, like right? She coming with millions, right? Or something. I was thinking. So she was like, he was already paying her and giving her money, and I don't know what something happened to where Wait. he just stopped paying. How her old money. is this baby compared to the little baby they had? This is a new baby because they just had a little boy. Yeah, this, he's this like two. Or, I think he's like two or three. I'm not even surprised because yeah. Kurt wasn't right when you know when they had that time with him and um, what's his name that don't have a neck when they went to the lake house yes see uh, I told y'all Zeno. from ratchet to royal I could do that <laughs> oh look let me tell you yeah when they had all the little girls over at the house and Kirk was he there he wasn't playing fair then mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like Jocelyn Hernandez she came out today she was on the television television show The Real and she was like um yeah, well, Kirk been playing dirty in these streets. She said they just put on that they're the perfect couple for the reality show. He look grimy. Yeah. I don't trust the, I don't trust look, the nigga anybody, that got like six earrings. And then you, all of a sudden, you're going to get a, an apartment downtown Atlanta in mm-hmm. Buckhead. And then say, oh, yeah, but it's for business use. Bullshit. This is an apartment. You could have got an office building. This just goes to show how sometimes <laughs> we are so like stuck on I don't say like certain men or whatever just have right. to like we don't even realize our value like you look Who at Rashida is a beautiful beautiful woman. woman like if you look at her on an exterior you know not to be superficial it don't yeah. even like Kirk deserve her but <laughs> 
you can people can have such a mental hold on you or you can be just that beautiful and self-esteem don't mm-hmm. be up to par where you let somebody drag you through the dirt yes. like that you you know and we can sit here and say wow well, that wouldn't be me but we don't all Never, been in yeah. situations We've where somebody drug us and drug us to the mud through the mud and then you look back and be like Child. I can look at somebody now who I used to date why? and be like, why did I even clown <laughs> over this what? fool? He just not even doing nothing different. Exactly. Like from the day we started dating till now, like you still ain't doing still nothing different. And I'm sitting up here arguing with some other female about him. Like, girl, you can have. Yes. You can. I Take give, all that. I give it <laughs> thee unto ye. Keep him. Keep, Keep him. him, please. But yeah, so, you know, I'm just like, Loki I'm not surprised cause like you could tell he was already doing his own thing yeah. but for her to come forth that she filed court documents she was like you know you you gonna have to come up off these chops boy you got to come up off something some of that gonna have to be Rashida money too huh uh huh mm-hmm. not paying for nobody else no. Baby. no so at this point you're like what do you what is Rashida going to do she and then she really does I, I mean but we could say that but she I would go yeah yeah if I was her if I was in that situation and this would this would be the final straw for me. If I forgave you for all the other shit and then this happened, this yeah. would be the final straw for I me. I feel like it's one thing to cheat, but then to have a baby with somebody. Man, did else? you watch Fences? Yes. Oh my yes. goodness. That's why Viola need that award. Ba- it yes. You was taking care of whole you raised. Raised and then he died and then you could tell to and raise the child. You mama. mama. Girl, and you love you love her, and you don't beat her, baby. This one strong. <laughs> I wouldn't beat the child in the back. I could not have raised. No, I couldn't. No, no, I couldn't. no, no, no. I, I'm not that that kind of woman. It's some strong women. I ain't you know. there yet. Like I have, I, I have some people in my family, you know, who have had other children, whatever, and they. Mm-hmm. You know, treated those kids like their own. Mm-hmm. Like my grandmothers are some strong women. Yeah. My grandfathers both was little Rolling Stones yeah. and, and got other. You know, I got uncles and aunts, yeah. out, whatever. And I don't understand how my grandmother. They were stronger women back. I don't. I don't know. They held the family down and held it together. Mm-hmm. And just for me, for myself, as for me and my house. <laughs> I can't do it. I just, I can't. Man. But then we always say what well, we can't do until we're in that situation. But. but it's just to see, like, my husband, who I've never suspected at all of ever cheating on me, doing anything, no kind of infidelity. And then here you come and be like, well, I've been cheating on you. And then, um,. I got a baby. That means you was just out here being reckless in these streets. Exactly. And then then you wasn't even like, I'm going to be reckless, but I'm going to wrap it up. Like, you reckless. And then you're telling me that she ain't going nowhere and was still going to her house and then coming home with me and sleeping in the bed with me Mm -hmm. at night. And Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to take this. She ate that bullet. Like, I, I... I was sitting there watching this movie. I was getting pissed off. But you I was see, like, at the end of it, to <laughs> me, she didn't have any. Um, she was one of those women. It felt like she didn't have her. Yeah, she didn't she know who she was. She had the family down. Mm-hmm. She had his back. She had, but I don't think she ever got to live and be happy for her. Herself. Her. Yeah, exactly. And that's where a lot of times women, especially black women, we like caught we, up in yeah. our man and the lifestyle that he we brings. We caught up in being that backbone. Yeah. So we like forget our dreams and forget the things that we want mm-hmm. and wish and whatever. And then we 80, 90 years old and all we've done is take care yeah. of family. And take care of a man like, like that's how uh, that's another thing like I want I want someone who's gonna they're working on something I'm working on something we come together and we work on both of our stuff together yeah. and make it brand and then this is our legacy and yeah. not only this is our legacy but our love for each other as yeah. well too and people tell me Kim that's fairy tale. that ain't gonna never happen and I be like bullshit it's gonna happen I'm gonna keep holding on <laughs> to it do like I don't have to there was um, uh, I listened to one of the other motivational speakers I listened to uh, Eric Thomas they call him mm-hmm. ETV 
mm-hmm. hip hop preacher, but he was saying, what do you want? Like, you can't make me have something I don't want. Mm. But when I know what it is I want, like, you mm-hmm. can't deter me away from that. Exactly. So somebody else not being able to see what your desire is doesn't mean that it's not possible. Just because it hasn't happened for them doesn't yeah. mean it can't happen. But, like, I'm not going to stop until I see the type of relationship I want. I'm not going to settle because they say, well, you know, everybody now cheat or everybody whatever. So you got to get a customer or people will tell me, well, at your age, everybody you meet going to have a child already or whatever. But if I don't see myself raising somebody else's family or I don't see myself in a particular type of relationship Mm -hmm. then I have a right to determine what it is I want for my life and I don't have to settle for something just because that's what the majority right it's somebody out there somewhere now he might be in Iceland you know or something but he there but they out there and we Mm -hmm. keep making him molding himself for me as I am for him right so it's just like you can't tell me like I'm living in a fairy tale nah B Nah. nah it's not <laughs> because there are people that have you know I have a, a friend of mine, and I don't know all their personal business because you know sometimes mm-hmm. people can look like a fairy tale on the outside it can, it can. but they have a very beautiful open honest I got a couple of friends young couples that have beautiful open loving relationships mm-hmm. with their best friends first you know and I think right. that's where the whole thing I starts it's like not that just oh I seen the fine chick at the club who got the big ass and whatever and y'all yeah. become cool or become you know start dating or I saw the dude and he got the money and the, like you really really friends and like this, this show person your best I, friend ride or die and then you know whatever else develops obviously the friendship gotta be there first it has to be mm-hmm. I believe the friendship is the foundation for a relationship and people don't get that like, mm-hmm. they just be so ready to oh he fine as hell and then that's it and then you jump in the sheets and then you're left looking stupid like oh this ain't we ain't want cause fine thing. man people don't understand fine ain't you know we were talking about all the people on the reality shows and stuff like everybody is just like flawlessly gorgeous these days mm-hmm. you know but at the end of it all like man we all got to age right all the little butt implants and stuff gonna all is gonna fall and, yeah you know all eyebrows that. ain't gonna always be on fleek no, and, right. <laughs> you know edges ain't gonna always be laid to perfection <laughs> and then what happened what then like exactly what foundation do you have what y'all gonna what's past it like you said it? out here like I need here. you to see me crusty crunchy right just whatever and all still that. be like babe you still beautiful exactly I mean I'm not when I'm that. sick and throwing up all over the place and got massive diarrhea or whatever mm-hmm. you gonna be there I need that all that that all that <laughs> don't be the cute don't give me the cute love cute love is I didn't have cute love before right so T.I. was performing this past weekend oh. and uh, while performing you can have whatever you like one of my favorite songs by somebody the way. took what they like yes this guy was in the Ooh, audience this who it was a guy oh. he was so like I guess excited overwhelmed whatever and he reaches his hand out to grab and he touched T.I. on the butt now if you watch the video T.I. like you know he let the track play and was like what the like, hell like this is a real thing yes do I have to look this uh, uh, let's see if we can pull it up bro <laughs> So this guy, yes, blatantly reaches out. Did he? Was it a mistake? Was it like okay, I'm waving no, my no. hands in the air, waving them like I just don't care, and no, then no. T.I. butt just happened to be in the way, Mm-mm. or was it just like I'm coming for you? This the grab bag, I'm right? Going, no, mm-hmm. I'm actually coming to mm-hmm. grab your butt cheeks. And what was his response? You, I'm gonna show you. He pulled a Kevin Gates on and dropped kick him in the chin. Yeah. Um, Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> oh man 
Beyonce, homie, I will. Ooh, his nostrils flare everything. He just what, stopped the whole song. What that would have been me. What killed me is that he looked around for like, hold up, wait a minute, and then he addressed. He was like, he was taking off guard. Yes, it's like he was just like not this can't be real. This. Yes, this grown man did not just. Grab he was looking my, like, did y'all see what I just saw? Yes. This grown man just grabbed my, my. <laughs> unsolicited. Like whoever, I just I don't believe in unsolicited touch. Period. Right. You know what I mean, man, woman, whoever. Yeah. I just know I remember being very young mm-hmm. and like I used to hate getting on a school bus mm-hmm. um, because I would have the the guys who would harass me would sit in the front. And yeah. they would like harass all the girls. So when you walk through, you had to walk yeah. by them and they would grab your butt or whatever yeah, every you day. Would, yeah. So I know like one day I ended up going off on one of the guys. I just got so fed up with him when we got off that bus. <laughs> we was in front of Mount Pisgah Missionary Baptist Church on the corner of what is that? Harvard and Harris or whatever. Uh, yeah. On that conda. And I lit into him just because I was just so frustrated. <laughs> so I feel T.I. Like I, yes. I don't advocate for violence. But when somebody unsolicited, you know, you, you're not soliciting somebody to touch you and they put their hands on you. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you are a heterosexual man and some man, yeah. you know, is bad enough. Like Kevin Gates drop kicked that woman in but the chest for grabbing him. Right. So he goes on his Instagram live and was talking to fans and was like, I understand Kevin Gates. So he was like, that's sexual harassment. Amen. Uh, and uh, he was like, free Kevin Gates. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> but you know what? I've always, for that situation with the Kevin Gates, like if you go back any episode, anything, I've always said she was in the wrong too. I yeah. feel like if he did time she should have did time too yeah. because you touch somebody I don't care who he is or what this person's stature is you had no reason to grab at this man's penis yeah. like what is your problem I think fans or some fans get out of the way like they feel like if they support you as an artist like they have a right to yeah. you in totality and I don't believe in that <laughs> right, I feel like you buy my album you support my work or whatever like that's one thing mm-hmm. and you know I'm not even I'm not a celebrity by stretch you know right. what I mean but I've experienced where people feel like they should have access to me Mm -hmm. just because they're a fan of mine or whatever you know and I have to like kind of let them know like mm-hmm. we you know I seen you at a show it's cool we took a picture autograph whatever mm-hmm. even if it was for business where you may have gotten my phone number or something that doesn't right. mean that like we automatically best friends now. it don't or it don't mean that every time you hit me up hey what's up like I'm supposed to respond like exactly. I, I don't owe you that much access to me exactly. I don't so and people get it twisted yeah that, that's that's beyond <laughs> right. that's when you like not even looking at this person as a person no more yeah. and at the end of the day they still people it's all like they're still and, people and you gotta respect that this man, even if they not divorced yet or whatever, like he got a whole wife or whatever. Yeah. Like you violating their marriage, you violating his personal space. Everything you are you so with love. You with mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. So if you could fly anywhere in the world Ooh. tonight, Ooh. where would Icon go? Girl, <laughs> it's too many places. I know, right? <laughs> I used to have a little boo thing. I would have been like, wow, the flu to California, but um, boo thing is no longer. So where would I fly if I could go anywhere tonight? Oh, my God. It's like so many places. It's so right. I would probably leave this country, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's what I would do, too. Man, like me and one of my best friends, we planned a trip to Ghana for September, like for mm-hmm. our birthdays. Like, I'm really just about my feet touching that soil. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I would probably end up 
Man, I probably end up in Ghana somewhere. Okay, yeah. Like in Accra, in yeah. Ghana. Yeah. Chilling. Okay. Or either that, or I might go to a little island. Yeah, that's what I my thing was. I was something. like, I wanted to go to an island somewhere. Maybe the Bahamas, maybe Jamaica or something. I think that would be, Some if I had to leave tonight. Yeah, something to go tonight. Right. Yeah, I'll be in the Bahamas. I'm going to the Bahamas. I can't take nobody with me. I Well, yeah. Who would you take with you? Oh, now see, that's a whole. You have a, a op- look, situation. You have an option. You have you can bring like that much. You can bring three other people with you. Oh, I probably take my best friend Asia. Probably with man, my homegirl mm-hmm. Tank would probably be fun to bring with me. She's mm-hmm. a phenomenal singer. She's in a band. Um, they actually won Afro Punk this year, or whatever. But she's oh, dope. Wow. She performs at Essence and stuff like that. Tank, and then the last one is like a wild card. I have to bring a guy. I can't think of who I would bring. Yeah, um, just to make it. Oh no! This is hard. That's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Like, and then low key, I would just want to go by myself. Low key, like, like, because like, I'm one of those people. I really do spend a lot of my time to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing shows or like interacting with people on like a business tip. Like, yeah, me with like actual quality contact with people. Yeah. I don't do. And people don't understand when I say I'm in, I'm low key introverted. The people like how I'm like yeah. I am. I'm okay. an introverted extrovert. Trust me. Yeah. I, on my uh, page, me. I think I put it like uh, I'm an anti. Social, social, like, yeah, like I don't really like people like that. I don't really fuck right. with people like that. But when I'm in a social setting, I can yeah. be the life of the party. You I know can what I mean? be, but yeah. if I choose to be, if I choose to be, I could be I'm the queen cool of the with being in the back chilling. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's me. But yeah, I think yeah, that's what I would do. I would go to, uh, to the yeah, island. I feel like I need a little vacation because all my yeah. travel now is usually for work and yeah. for shows. And I just have it's been a long time since I took like a vacation that was a real. Mm-hmm. Like pack your bags. We yeah. ain't gotta perform nowhere. Like just yes. go and let loose. Yes, yeah. exactly. Drink you some rum and wild. Be good out. for the rest. <laughs> wild out with the natives. Might might <laughs> partaking the ganja. Might might partaking who a whole bunch of things. <laughs> Ganja's at the <laughs> the least of whatever on the list. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> do not do illegal substances. Right, yeah, don't don't partake unless it's medicinal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, it's some interesting news. Sprint acquired thirty three percent of Title, and they are partnering up with Jay Z and his streaming company to bring some some things to the Sprint users and everything. So Jay Z about the. He, he creating really, some different stuff. He really I admire is. him as a business. Me too. I really do because it's like you made yourself successful on one platform and use that platform to open other revenues mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah, he got sports yes. teams and Everything. liquor and all kind of anything you can think of, he has it. Come on, Jay Z. So I'm looking at this like That's man. everybody was saying he looked like Joe Camel. I saw the cuteness <laughs> in him. He used to be Jay Jay Z was like one of the original babes. He yeah. was. Back when everybody was like, nah, uh-huh. he, I was like, no, nah, he cute he though. Cute. <laughs> I've always liked the guy or the person that was like not the, yeah. the main cute. Person. Me too. I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. I like the eyeball of the bunch. Like I be seeing the potential girl. Yes. Yes. The quiet, shy one. You mm-hmm. know, deep down inside the quiet, shy, they have that potential yeah, inside. I'm not of them. trying to fight everybody for the cute one. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not trying good. to be in competition <laughs> with your ego with a bunch of other females. Right. Like I'm not doing that. Like I'm good on it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, shout out to Jay Z, man. I really think this is a huge business move for him and it's smart you know mm-hmm. it's smart 
I gotta see what it is first before I say it's smart. You okay? I feel. Yeah, you. I gotta see what it is first. <laughs> Cause you know, Sprint is one of the. I don't know. I gotta see what it is. Sprint they service don't be that that. You ain't be that, a little janky. It be a little janky. So I got to see. You know, you might be listening to your title and it, you don't get title in certain areas. Right now, that's the boo. The reception <laughs> might not be that good. <laughs> Sprint. <laughs> Now, um, BG may be coming home early. Where he at? You know, he's in prison. He's been in jail, for, in prison since 2012, and he was sentenced to 14 oh, yeah, years. Back again. I thought he got his life together. And he Girl, went back. I remember when I was living in New Orleans, mm-hmm. I was going to Greater St. Stephen, full gospel missionary Baptist church, whatever. Uh, Pastor uh, Paul Moore, uh, Bishop Paulus Morton, mm-hmm. and I remember one particular Sunday, BG came up to the really? altar and he cried, and and Pastor prayed with him, and Pastor was supposed to like take him under his wing. After that, I didn't really see he would come to church sometimes, and then yeah. he kind of disappeared. But I didn't hear anything else really of him. I know he had some battles with heroin right. use and other drugs and things like that, but I didn't realize he went back. Yeah, he's in jail. He's uh, supposed to, um he was sentenced to fourteen years, Ooh. but now it's, what, he was in that drug. Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he's might might become home this year or next year. Mm-hmm. He'll become home. His son sat down in an interview and you know kind of spilled their tea. Mm-hmm. Now, this is my question. Okay, he comes home and then what? Is mm-hmm. he gonna go back to BG the rapper or is he just gonna Girl, change BG his lifestyle? BG forty seven years old. Hey, he about to see a rap. <laughs> Master P hung it up. All of the well, no, Master P hung it up. He's still, he still making music, girl. Girl, mm. what is it on title? Because I don't have a membership there. I know. <laughs> I, I just so happened to see he did a video not too long ago in the studio on uh, Instagram. It was a uh, because I follow like these music blogs too, and I was like, really, Master P still making music? Master P, what's it? The shocker? He's still making no music? silk. Okay. He's not making music, but he is still performing in certain places. Cause Silk really wasn't that hot. He wasn't he, really. He got in on nepotism. Yeah, so he was like, "Oh, that's my little brother." My he wasn't man. really a rapper. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think BG should do the rap game because yeah. I think that that fast life of the you know money and whatever it should hurt him. Yeah, I think he didn't have. A he needs to go him. find him a good little um, some a wife a, a, a good I'm say like a little uh, a little custodian family. job or something something that, yeah something that like is just fulfilling you know where yes. you get to be in peace and <laughs> clean and make things beautiful yeah, and you're you know, right kind of be to itself a <laughs> little see, bit Turk did learn life. that lesson Turks came out of jail and still trying to make music. I mean, if it's in you, no matter what your demons or your struggles are, you're gonna try to do that thing. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna come out and deal with music, be a producer, be a behind the scenes. Be behind the scenes. Don't rap. Yeah, you're not the artist no more. Don't rap. Ooh, yes, but I'm glad yes. that he's coming home early. We gonna we gonna see. Yeah, we gonna see. Mm. All right, now we're down to the down to the end, and these are my ask a lady questions, and we have two questions, oh, and they yeah. are quite interesting. Oh, Lord. Mm. I don't know if I'm the lady you want to ask. <laughs> I don't know Cause these two questions We at My heart palpitating Alright here we go Let's start it off And this is from Anonymous And it says Hey true lady I need some advice I met this woman A while back In a gay club And years later She found me on Facebook We had a conversation Through video chat And it it, uh And in that She asked me out the blue Do you Do you mind To change into something sexy and then she tells me she's married. So I was like, is your husband okay with this? And she said, yes. 
and she changed it to something sexy. I changed it to something sexy. And we ended up meeting at a hotel and we had a threesome. We ended up staying two days instead of one, but I need your advice. Was I wrong for starting this off? Please help me, a true lady. Wait, she had a threesome with who? The she husband? had the wife and the husband. Oh, I'm gonna be so real. Lord. I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. Um, I said oh, this. Oh Lord. My thing is, I think she's writing in now at this point because she feels guilty because she slept with a married couple. At this point, you knew that was wrong before going in, and now you're feeling guilty. Oh. You have to move on from that situation and don't allow yourself to get back into yeah. that type of situation, get caught up in that. Yeah, if it's bothering her that much when she yeah. wrote in, like then obviously something wasn't sitting right with her. I feel right. like don't do nothing that you can't be at peace with afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you did it and you was just like, it's all good, I had fun, you know, right. blah, 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 then that's one thing. But if it's weighing that much on yeah. you, now obviously for them, it didn't bother them because they, that seemed like something they do all the time. Right. They, they they smoothed the way they slid it on in there. It was right. real. The husband used the wife to slide it on. Yes. You know, in DMs or whatever. But that seems like something they've done often for right. her. Being somebody who probably hasn't done that before, I feel like she should just stay in her lane. Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. they recruited her on some shit and like, yeah, oh, she yeah. didn't learn her lesson. Tell her just make sure ain't no videotape floating around. Right, like right. This, yeah. And like, it happened. Like, act like it never happened. Right. You just move on Go for repent, me. take your little communion on Sunday. <laughs> yes. that's, if that's your thing, you know, and, and keep it moving. And move on from it mm-hmm. like you can't hold that guilt because I really feel like she's seeing this and she feels guilty for yeah, doing it yeah. but you know you can't hold it splash some holy water up her vagina <laughs> <laughs> yes if that'll make her sage her vagina or something <laughs> make her repent. feel better <laughs> yes repent. yeah but yeah anonymous again I mean just it happened you gotta let that guilt go and keep moving forth and don't allow yourself to get in that situation and don't again. Meet these strange people in the club and going exactly. back to the hotel. Yeah, they could have been said they could have been some Craigslist type stuff where they set you up to and chopped your body you or something. Yeah, I'm not trying to meet no strangers at the hotel. Exactly. With a man involved. That could have been robbery, rape, murder. Uh, it we just, just glad you're safe and you're alive. Right. And she said she they were supposed to be there for one day, ended up staying there for two. Like So you didn't basically move in with the people. But, mm-mm. What the hotel? What hotel was it though? Was I don't it? know. I know. They better have had you at a, a Ritz Carlton, the Marriott, or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> better <laughs> been like flies. They better have had you at the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> Last time I'm uh, case she had the dog. I asked uh, asked this question, and uh, they was like, "Oh yeah, they had her at the Greenbrier. They had her at the Sutherland. Child I was dish. <laughs> the Southern over here. Ooh, yeah. is that even a hotel? That looked like a. I was like, y'all so wrong for this." <laughs> Devil, like the projects on steroids. Oh, okay, we're going to go to the, the last question. It's from Sandy Rowe. It's another relationship question. And she says, Dear True Lady, I've been married to a controlling man for five years. He doesn't want me wearing certain clothes. He won't let me go out to the club with family. He doesn't want me to go to college. And I finally got him to let me go to the gym. Things have gotten abusive here or there. So... Fast forward, I play this game online and I met this guy who understands me and gives me the mental and emotional attention I need. But the but the thing about it, he lives 100 miles away and we're only in contact on DMs on the game. Now, one day he says he plans to come visit me. We have a great conversation. Things really feel like an emotional affair. He has been pushing the issue of me leaving my husband for him, but I don't know. I love my husband, but he's not good for me. My question is, should I leave? 
leave this guy alone? Should I continue to talk to him as a friend? Or should I leave my husband and start something new with this guy? Mm-mm. Leave mm. your husband alone. Mm-hmm. And you need to change your identity and go somewhere where you can be safe. Because it doesn't, it seems like the husband is that type. Like, yes. that could, you know, not to be funny, like that could yes. end up being a serious situation. It can be. There's controlling where somebody tells you, I don't, you know, really care for you wearing a particular thing right. or whatever. But controlling to the point where I, you can't go to the gym. Yeah. You can't, you can't go to school to better yourself. Like, that's somebody that seems like they would get enraged. Exactly. You know, especially finding out you're talking to somebody. You know, secretly or whatever. Yeah, and then let him find that out. Oh my god! And then the other thing is, I really don't feel like the guy like you should go there too because Mm -hmm. I feel like there's some things that you need to work on on yourself. Yourself, exactly. Yeah, because there's a reason why you're allowing this man to control you, and you obviously aren't in the mind space where you need to be with any. You need to be loving on you first, exactly. And and then the fact that this guy knows you're married, obviously, and wants you to leave your husband so he can be with you, he's not respectful of your relationship or the situation that you're in. Are you or himself either? Yeah. So I would not maintain contact with this person. You know, once you leave your husband and you go on and do whatever with your mm-hmm. life, if y'all came back into contact with each other, because I truly believe when people are meant to be together, you know, it'll come back around right, if it's supposed exactly. to. And if it's not, you know, it won't happen. But I, I think her main focus needs to be getting herself, herself. to safety mm-hmm. and getting herself to a place where she can love and better herself without the influence of her husband. Exactly. Right That's why I, the same thing I said, like, I think you should need to focus on you trying to escape this unhealthy situation. Like, this is unhealthy. You're telling mm-hmm. me what you can and cannot do, literally. And then, like you said, you can't go to school to better yourself. That's a problem. So you need to figure out how to leave him alone and go better yourself. Like, to leave him and then go to someone else, you didn't give yourself any time to heal or process mm-hmm. this action and you're just replacing someone else for something and it could be worse then yeah. my thing is this you don't even know what he look like you said y'all only talking to dms he could be butt ugly he could be he abusive issues he could, exactly he could be a pedophile be a All whatever we can meet stuff. people online and stuff man yeah. i was telling a friend like <laughs> I, I really was thinking about having a child soon i was like well i'm not in a relationship i might just you know think about getting a donor or doing and she said you're gonna go to a random donor i'm like no she's like right. well, why not i'm like man i need to know people's backgrounds exactly. Who you I'm know doing? what I mean mm-hmm. I need to know your family history and I'm not just talking about family medical history yeah. like what's your family spiritual history like and y'all like, got a history of pedophilia in your family incest exactly. you know abuse drug alcohol abuse like you need to know that because all that stuff carries over it in does. the DNA you know not just how tall somebody is how good mm-hmm. they look what color eyes like all that other stuff personality traits yeah. that stuff carries over yeah, y'all can be out here popping out babies with these randoms if you want but to but people don't understand like you can see personalities in children as a grown up you like 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 I said, my mom said she thought I was a free spirit and she knew how to let that be and let that cultivate into its own self. You have to be a strong parent to understand that your child's have a personality. And yeah. again, that doesn't just come um, out the blue. It's in the DNA. It's been in yeah. 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 Nah. Yeah, baby girl. Sandy. Sandy. Love yourself. Get out, Sandy. <laughs> Sandy. Out. Run. Run, baby. <laughs> run. <laughs> Strap Man. up your Nikes and run. <laughs> Man, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you today. I could. I, I want to do this every day. Yeah. <laughs> I just, we don't even have to be recorded. I'm just right. come sitting here at this and mic talk. and just talk. Yes. Yeah, stuff off my chest. Man, I appreciate it. Man, how can people find you online? How can they check out your poetry, your works, everything? 
Um, if you want to find me, I do have a website. It's www.icontheartist. Uh, that's all one word. I-C-O-N-T-H-E-A-R-T-I-S-T.com. Um, also, my social media, I have a Facebook artist page. Um, it's basically facebook.com forward slash icon stands for something. Mm-hmm. Um, they can find me. I don't really tweet that much, but I do have a Twitter account that I'm currently trying to get back into because I'm locked out of the Gmail account that's associated <laughs> with it. But my handle... Uh, uh, on Twitter and Instagram is uh, at Icon the Artist. So most anything you're looking for, if you want to find me, Icon the Artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always wanted to say this, and you can Google me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my aunt's friend the other day Google me. She's like, look who I Google, and so much stuff popped up. Yeah. Um, I'm easy to find, man. I'm the little girl with the big name. I have a name that I'll, only a few people, I think, in this world I found have it. So if mm-hmm. you look up Shikondria Icon Sibley, you you can find me just by anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, of course, you're the true lady. You can always find me just such a lady 85 on everything. Or search for the hashtag catch the tea. You're bound to find me all the tea I spill. We out.